Okay, let's see. Are you Betty? Betty. Okay, ready? (laughs) Welcome to Slashers and Suits. Welcome to Slashers and Suits. We we are continuing the saga today. Yes, yes. Halloween Part 5, The Revenge of Michael Myers. And we ended up really liking this movie actually a lot more than we thought we would. But Yep. I loved it, great, actually. Great so. stuff. I'm really excited. Yeah. My favorite moment is in this one. Yeah. Um, there's a really powerful moment in this film. And I think it got to both of us. It makes us a little bit emotional. Oh, absolutely. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. My favorite. And... I love that they're continuing the story. I mean, the little Jamie is so cute. And I used to not particularly like something they did with her character in this movie. And now I I really liked it the last time we watched it. I was like, this makes sense. (laughs) Yes. That was really fun. So, and we'll talk about a very controversial figure who we actually also didn't really mind. Not that bad. Not that bad at all. There's a lot of uh, negative press about Mm -hmm. Halloween 5. A lot of people think it's a pretty crappy movie altogether. And uh, we had so much fun and we got some emotional moments. The storyline was developed further and we met a brand new character. Yep. And okay, do you want to give a little recap of part four? Yeah, so um, coming off of Halloween 4, you know, we were back in Haddonfield. It was like 10 years later, and we met a new cast of characters, one of whom was Michael Myers' niece. Mm -hmm. And uh, they had sort of a spirit link, and they kept communicating with each other via telepathy. Lots of things happened. Michael Myers went on a killing spree again, and the movie ended with uh, little Jamie standing in the hallway with a bloody knife in her hand. So we assume that she did some killing. Yep. Oh my goodness. That was such a shocking scene. Yeah, it was a really good ending. And just a good movie altogether. Now that's a movie that we absolutely loved. Oh yeah, great movie. Just love Halloween 4. Oh my God. That's my favorite one of the series, so. Yeah. Yeah, that was a really, really good time. And, uh, We were left totally wanting more, and we had no idea what was going on. So this is really fun because we're going to find out some more. Oh my god, I'm very excited. And what did you bring? Well, this time I brought a box of tissues Mm. because that scene that we both love so much. Yeah. um, It it gets me right in the feels. (laughs) I know. It's so good. That's my favorite moment of the whole thing. I brought chocolate. Yet again. You brought chocolate because it's the tried and true. It's Halloween and yes. it's an excuse. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I love that. Oh my goodness. We're jumping in because this is a continuation of the story. Mm-hmm. And I'm at 19 seconds. Yeah, I'm at 19 seconds as well. And I am so ready. And for anyone who doesn't click on the SD version. That's why we're at 19 seconds. It's black screen and it says Mustafa Akkad presents in red. 
And there are different options on Amazon. There's like a subscription one. So maybe that's, you know, a different, different few seconds. So that's why that's what's on screen or if you're doing YouTube, etc. But we're just doing the plain old SD version and we rented it. Yes. So we're at Amazon Prime once again. Um, if you want to follow along wherever you might be, uh, just pause it right on Mustafa Akkad Presents and get ready to roll with the countdown. Ooh. All right. Three, two, one, play. Oh, immediately. Boom, boom. Back in it. Boom, boom. Boom, boom. That's my favorite is like the, <laughs> the introductory music that's so, so seen. It's the atmospheric. Yeah. Oh, Danielle Harris. She's my little Jamie. She's my little, little cutie pie. I love her. Danielle Harris is a superstar now for us. She's so cool. Yeah. I love this beginning. It's like you see carving, you see something happening with the knife. Slip, slap. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and Wendy Kaplan as Tina. So she yep. gets her own shout out and we will discuss why or why not. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Lots of very interesting effects work right here at the beginning. Simple, but effective. Mm -hmm. Very, very simple and very effective. And we've got the classic Halloween uh, sort of fire orange lettering. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, it works. Oh, and it's a pumpkin. See, that's what's so cool about it. It's like, it's so scary with all of the carving, but it, they're carving a pumpkin because it's Halloween. That's great. Yeah. We already got sort of faked out too. That was yeah, great. with the music, it could be anything. Mm-hmm. Oh, here's the theme coming in, sneaking in over that synth. Okay, the memories come rushing back. Okay, I will say though, this opening reminds me a bit of Nightmare on Elm Street when he's sharpening his blades and it's the, in the boiler room and they're cutting back in and out of his tools and everything. Yeah. Ah, total throwback. So I, I think this is where they start getting a little jealous of Nightmare. Hey, I love it. Yeah, 19, uh, 1989 here. Everything's sort of meshed together. Okay, so we go right into the last, one of the last scenes of part four when they run Michael off the road and Jamie. Something's happening here because they actually physically touch. Yeah, I like that little detail. Uh-oh. Okay. So <laughs> this is what you were talking about last time. The man of 10,000 bullets. Yeah, yeah. So stuff like this is exactly why the critics came down so hard on Halloween specifically. Yeah. Because Michael Myers is a human man and he just took a thousand bullets. So, you know, there's no getting around that. But if they didn't bring him back, then we wouldn't have 
Halloween five. So it is very true. And oh, and see, it it pans down. So now we see what happened to him underneath. Yeah. Um, the not the floor, the <laughs> the ground. <laughs> Love it. Okay, so they tried to blow him up with dynamite after shooting him. Um, apparently, oh, only a this. few shots hit. Most of those shots actually missed. Um, mm -hmm. And then the dynamite missed as well. Yeah, because he was crawling into the river. Yeah. Little, uh, little backstroke there. Oh, my God. He <laughs> is the man down by the river. Yes, he is. Oh, my goodness. It's a leisurely backstroke, Whee! too. He looks like he's having fun. He is. It's down near like bare necessities level. Uh, you know, I was just gonna say, like, they really should have this ride sometime with the Splash Mountain ride with all of like the soundtrack to Halloween. I think would be super fun. Oh, they should do that every October. I know. They need to. That's a freebie for you, Disney. Like, get it on Halloween Horror Nights because Universal Studios does it. So yeah, get it together, Disney. I know. I think that'd be so much fun. Yeah. So that's why I was saying I think he was a little jealous of Freddy because now there's like this supernatural air to him after taking so many bullets. Right. But right. we also don't know, of, you know, a few more details about that yet. So that's a really good point. So all of this uh, supernatural stuff impervious to pain stuff all of this stuff is going to be explained as we learn more and more about old michael's background Ooh, little mikey <laughs> tookie tookie the parrot that's so fun okay see this guy's nice huh this hermit. yeah this the random hermit in the woods with his parrot but uh, you'd think, like, why would you take care of him? I don't know. Wouldn't you think seeing him all covered in blood, like something with a something mask? Might not be right. Yeah, with this, like, really creepy mask on. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, maybe I should <laughs> figure out a few more things about this person first. But instead... He starts nursing him. Here it is one year later. And now Aww. we're at the children's hospital now where we catch up with little Jamie. Little Jamie. Okay, see, that is what I'm wondering. We It's a POV, but she's looking at something. So was it Jamie? Like, what happened? Was she possessed? Like... Was it her? Something's going on before she took the clown mask. Yeah, something happened there in that moment. And she snapped. Oh, ah. she's trying to scream and she can't. That's so sad, Jamie. So she's lost her voice. Yep. Hmm. So she's suffering from nightmares. I mean, she has been traumatized. Yeah, she has. Okay, and the mom is still alive. Ah, good to know. 
Mm-hmm. Good to know. Okay, so she didn't actually kill her. Ooh. Look at that. There's... Now, what in the world is going on here? Michael Myers has a new tattoo. Okay, tattoo, everybody. And connected to Jamie, there's something physical happening here. Like, is he able to take over? Not really sure what's happening. Yeah. Yeah, so there's a a hefty amount of mysticism now injected into the lore. Oh my god! uh, He didn't have his mask on for a second. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we got a quick glance at his face. That was awkward. (laughs) (laughs) That was shocked me for a second. I know, it's pretty trippy. I was like, whoa! He We're going to get another one of those later. It's going to be so fun. I know. That one is emotional and I love. This one was a little bit like he seemed like he was glamorous. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, hey. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. I'm going to watch that again seven times. <laughs> okay. So she can see what he's doing. Yeah, they're totally connected somehow. Wonder what passed when she touched his hand. And does it have to do with the new tattoo? Uh Uh-huh. Oh, she's so cute. That's so sad. What a good little actress. Like, this is so crazy right now. Yeah. Yeah, she, if she's in the movie, then she's already a contender for Golden Machete. Oh, absolutely. I mean, because what she has to portray right here. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's so sad. It is. It is. I love her. And so this also has a parallel with Nightmare 3 because they're in the psych ward. Yes, it does. Oh, my God. And who do we have here? Numi. The one and only Dr. Loomis making his return. Um, He's still slipping into his own madness. Yep. Still trying to catch Michael Meyer. I mean, kind of at any cost, a little bit. At At any cost at this point. Yeah, he's on a mission. He just wants to either lock him up or kill him or whatever. Oh, the, his voice is so soft now, and, like, she has something to tell us. Yeah. He is, he is like, getting totally worn out from this uh, decade-long obsession. It's really sad. And has multiple serious injuries now, too, from this. Yep. Hey, look who it is. It's Rachel. Good old Rachel. Our... Heroine from part four. She's back. Aww. With... She's so cute. She and Jamie still have their connection. Uh-oh. Now who do we have? Oh, Jesus. So here Aww. comes... Max. And hey, Tina. and Max. Okay, so... Tina got, Tina's the one who got her own shout out in the credits. Yeah, that's Wendy Kaplan. So introducing. So if that's any indication, 
for her, this character's supposed to be introducing, you know, some kind of like rising star, I assume. Yep. <laughs> or that they, was the plan. She's just getting started. They hoped. <laughs> Big things ahead. So Tina is a uh, it's a hot debate around this character. Do you like her? Do you not like her? Okay, I'm going to say right now, in this moment, I like her. Like right here, the way that she's making Jamie smile, she's like dancing and just being silly. As of yeah. now, she's okay. She starts off pretty strong. She does. Like she's not bad. And she has that fun vibe too. She has a super fun vibe. I'm just gonna put it out there. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And the other thing is, did they now know Dr. Loomis? Like... Yes, they've become very well acquainted over the past year. Because it seems as though he's just given license to walk into Jamie's room whenever he wants to. Yeah. Yeah, he has, like, ultimate authority in Haddonfield. Oh, man. The evil child must die. That was messed up. Rock through the window. Poor little Jamie. So there's still a bully problem in this town. Yeah, that's right. Okay, but they know Michael Myers is her uncle. You look at Loomis play with the, the hair on the pumpkin. That's my favorite uh, part. That was excellent. I don't know why, <laughs> but I love it. It's the little goodies he gives us. It's so funny. He's so matter-of-fact about oh like they're afraid the whole thing will happen again and everybody's going to die yeah yeah no playing around at this point nope but he still sounds so sweet when he's talking to rachel like it's okay to be afraid oh yeah loomis loomis has a heart of gold he has a heart of gold his his mind is going and he really oh. needs to catch michael yep Okay, so Max recognizes someone lurking in the bushes. Mm -hmm. And what do we know about Michael and dogs? I don't even want to say it because that's my... <laughs> <laughs> like, I can't stand it. Uh-huh. Oh, snap. Um, fantastic soundtrack right now happening. Yeah, some 80s tunes. And look at Rachel... She's all, like, happening right now. Mm-hmm. She is not how she came across in part four. No, she's a totally different personality now. Totally yeah. different, which is, which is a tradition. Yep. That is a tradition. Anyone who survives has a radical personality change and a shift in their social archetype. I mean, now she's all fun and she's like Madonna with her new do. She's got some curly hair, so she's she's feeling pretty cool. <laughs> new do, new you. New do, new you. <laughs> and that was like that was a pack of patootsies going up the stairs. Yeah. So I don't think she's gonna make it for very much longer. <laughs> <laughs> what she said. <laughs> <laughs> so. uh... Uh, I'm telling you, she's rolling with an entirely different crowd now. Yeah. Um, this is not the same human being. 
Well, look at her friend Tina. Tina is definitely not Boobaloo from The Blonde or whatever it was. Right. Uh, Boobaloo from the drugstore. Yeah. And um, Bo. Like, she's not some yuppie. Uh Bo. Wasn't it Bo or something? Billy? Oh, Brady. (laughs) Brady. I was like, Bo. Bo Billy. Um, yeah, so that's, I think it was Tina's influence. She's making her a little bit of a rocker. I like it. For sure. For sure. And she's just, I don't know what's happening. It's the opposite of Vicodin style. (laughs) Yes. Yes, she is quite, um, spritzy. Yeah. I, that's the perfect word. It's like she's super pumped about something. Uh huh. There's bubbles everywhere, which is a little awkward considering like her sisters in the psych ward and her mom has just been stabbed. And all she wants to do is have a party. Yeah, she's like, goodness, she's rocking out. Okay, see, this is where I started getting very worried about Max, the dog. Yeah. I know. (laughs) Oh, but Loomis, see, with his knowledge, is asking, where's Max? Like, go check on him. What's going on? Michael might be there. Get out. I really, really love Loomis. Honestly, just every scene he's in, he makes me feel totally invested in this series. Absolutely. Continuity. You know, I'm a sucker for it. Yeah, me too. I, I love even just seeing Jamie again. And even Rachel too. Yeah. Because it's it's picking up... Oh, uh-oh, okay. Oh, we have, okay. Uh, we have a situation here with the law enforcement. <laughs> yeah. What is so, going on? They're squeaky shoes. Yeah, so they're doing a Three Stooges routine for these guys complete with the slapstick sound effects um the the little circus noises they are just going completely over the top into friday the 13th land of portraying the kind of officers that we used to call deputy doo-doo yep and i don't really think it has a place in halloween that's a friday the 13th yeah Yeah, that was a definitely a bad move on their part yep um, ridiculous cops, so we'll call them uh, Deputy D and Deputy Dumb. Yeah, seriously, because the the cops in um, in Halloween are usually either respected, yeah, or very serious. Um, and similarly, Nightmare, there aren't really a lot of cops involved, but when there are, it's also very serious. So. Just a strange move on the, the sound effects. Yeah. Yeah, I docked a half a point for the cops. I'm going to have to, too. Oh, but, see? as you said, take those exact two officers and put them in the Friday the 13th film of the same year. Perfect. And you have a winner. Then it's absolutely perfect. Yeah. Okay, so what a um, juxtaposition, what a contrast here, right? Jamie is going through the most serious stuff of her life, and Rachel is having a party time. 
I know, right? I, I just, I don't really understand what's happening. But that's her sis. Well, uh, and she knows. She knows what's going to happen. And Loomis, he can see everything that's going on. So he's like, you don't have to try to, the Myers is in the closet. <laughs> wow. That was awesome. <laughs> you just walked by too. Oh my goodness gracious. Okay, that was pretty cool. Uh-oh, Max is barking again. Yeah, so the cat and mouse is on here. And uh, we all sort of assume that something bad is going to happen to Rachel because of one of the rules about uh, anyone surviving getting killed in the sequel. Oh, my God. Oh, no. I'm so scared about Max. I'm more no. scared about Max than Rachel. <laughs> yeah, for, for me too, actually. That's so funny. Oh, jeez, I don't know. See, why wouldn't you run? Just, <laughs> like, leave. She's already faced the whole Michael situation before. Yeah. So, it, like, she just got a huge dose of airheadedness sometime in the past year. I know. Oh, look at Jamie's picture. It's so sad. There we go. Uh-oh. Yeah, there's no escaping. Uh-oh, scissors. So, Jamie knows. Yeah, so That's Jamie the can worst. feel... Oh. Okay. All right, here's the real law enforcement dude right here. That's what I mean. That's why it's so weird. It's like, why would you go from the other two to this? Yeah. It's, it's totally random. It's like they were inserted into the movie because we already have a Haddonfield law enforcement presence here. We already have a group. This guy's the sheriff. He's got his deputies. And then you have these two guys that are functioning like mall cops. Hey, is this... Is he the dad of What's-Her-Face from part one? Because... Uh, yes, he is. That's crazy. And he's still working here. Yeah, because Loomis was like, did you forget your own daughter? Yeah. See, that's a whole other reason to not do the silly cop thing, because this goes pretty deep into the, the system here. Yes, it does. And it's very traditional, too, to this series, because Sheriff Lee Brackett mm -hmm. from Halloween 1 was Annie's father. That's right. Yes, yeah, the one you know. who was singing, oh, pa. Yeah. And she's doing you, her laundry. You a really good rendition of that. <laughs> oh, here's Tina. Okay, so here's the thing with Tina. <laughs> Either you think she's fun and, you know, kooky and just... She wants to party with Max and <laughs> like, yeah. And she's helping herself into Rachel's house. And, you know, she kind of adds things here and there to every scene that she's in. Maybe she's dancing for no reason at all. 
I don't know. And either that's fun or it's not it's not your cup of tea. Right. Some people think she's an idiot. <laughs> that's so Well Oh dear. Well, cause she can be too much. Oh, oh, she can be way too much. And did you like how I put my cardigan on? Yeah, you did. Good lord. I, look, I, I looked at you over the newspaper I was reading and said that. Yes, you did. <laughs> oh my god. And I was just like, oh, that's right. <laughs> yep. I so. mean, <laughs> yes, but how cool, you know, she's she's just like exactly what you would think of if you thought someone in the 80s with the hair and the clothes. Okay, and all of a sudden we're in a drama. I don't know what's going on. Tina's all complicated now with like just <laughs> kind of falling back. Yeah, uh, this chick has issues. Like what's going on now in the yeah. room? She falls back on the bed and it's all serious and she's thinking about her life situation <laughs> well the crux of the classic dilemma surrounding tina is the fact that she is pumped up so much and sold to the public as the new rising star that's the thing yeah and she plays it up too in her head this is her launching platform and she's going straight to the moon next year She's going to be starring alongside Arnold Schwarzenegger, yep. you know, Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. And so there's, there's this burgeoning diva mentality that is sort of yep. omnipresent in her speech and in her action. And so yes. in her mind, she's a hell of a lot more famous than she actually is. And that can be extremely off-putting. And it's, it can be a little bit awkward. Yeah, I think I, it uh, made yeah. things a little bit strange. Yeah, I do. I do get that sense from her. But I also think she's fun. Yeah, like she thinks she's Kim Basinger right here. That is exactly what's happening. Sharon Stone. Oh, my God. Like she's on that level. This is her first movie, by the way. I know. See, that's what I'm saying. But... I think she's fun, and you know what she does for me, strangely, is even out Boobaloo right here. Like, this Boobaloo does not bug me at all. I'm totally fine with her. Yeah. You know what? I concur. Isn't that weird? It is very strange how they can be so hit and miss. I know. So hit and miss. Yeah. Like, like from movie to movie, there have been boobaloos that are insufferable. Yeah. But then some are actually quite charming. Yeah. I find her to be just fine. Like, I, it's not one way or another. Yeah. She's like the standard issue boobaloo. Yeah. <laughs> standard issue. Okay. Here's the issue. The standard issue. <laughs> yes. <laughs> would Boobaloo have made a better Tina and Tina a better Boobaloo 
by far. There's no question about it. Oh, isn't that awkward? There is just truly no question about it. It's like one of the only questions in the history of the podcast that I don't even have to consider. Isn't that weird? So this is what I'm saying. Ugh. It, even with her like manner of dress and the boy, I don't know what's happening with this like greaser right here. Oh, goodness. Yeah, so he fell off the set of The Outsiders. He was like the one who didn't make it to play Dally. Pretty much. Uh, I think if this, if Blondie had been Tina, hmm, I think I really would have liked it. Yeah. Yeah, this guy here too, he's got like um, one of those switchblade combs in his pocket. Well, he and Tina are suffering from the same inflated ego problem. Yes, they are a very appropriate couple. Yep. And um, and truly have me scratching my head. As to their presence in the movie, they make great Michael Myers fodder. Yes, they do. Some that's... of the absolute best. You so know. that's the issue. It's because they should have been. Yeah, they really should have been. And then it would have been fantastic. Also, that guy should go straight to the next Friday the 13th movie. Yes, he should. He really should. Like, there's a decapitation waiting for him. Whoa. Okay, he's like, he's getting on your nerves like a boobaloo in the well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just like you throw boobaloos into the well, I throw these kind of guys into the well. Yeah, you give them to Jason. Yep. And then they just pile up in the well. Oh my God. And then a medieval poet comes along and makes a song about it. Oh, yay. <laughs> oh, I love it. The greatest adventure. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> what I was picturing too. <laughs> just dancing around the well. Oh, hey, look, a boiler room out of nowhere. Of course there's a boiler room because that was a standard issue thing too. Yeah, they're jealous of Freddy. In the world of all horror movies, after Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, every building comes with a boiler room. Oh, look at that fake out. That's awesome. Yeah, that was good stuff. And by the way, she knows sign language. Yeah. Because now, since she can't talk, she uses her hands. Amazing. Okay, so this is some powerful stuff happening. Loomis is desperately trying to get information out of Jamie as to the whereabouts of Michael Myers. Mm -hmm. and, okay. Uh, he's a bit forceful. He, he's like, yeah, he's having to, uh, he's having to, to be a bit rough. Mm -hmm. um, in, his, in his head, if nobody stops Michael Myers, there's going to be like a thousand more people getting killed. Yeah. I and, mean, uh, she can help him, but it's a, it's a strange situation because she doesn't know how she can help him 
and is also somewhat torn because Michael Myers is her uncle. That is the weirdest line that Loomis just said, though. Oh, what? What? Wait, what do he say? What do he say? <laughs> the, there's <laughs> he dug up the body of a nine-year-old girl, uh, which is Jamie's age, and he's like, "What do you think he's gonna do with that?" <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Oh, I remember that line. That Loomis. was always made me just explode. <laughs> It's so awkward to say because it can mean a thousand different things. None of them good. I know. It means all of them, too. And it's so it's all so bad. And she's nine. And like, that's so terrible to say. (laughs) Isn't it funny funny that he thinks she's going to know the answer? I know. And it's like, what are you? He's like, okay, this is my guy. He's talking to her like a grown up who knows the reference. Oh. Oh, hey, this is your guy. It's my guy. This is your guy. Yeah, because look at those shoes. Oh, but we only got, what, five seconds? Look at them boots. I know. That was always your favorite thing. You you have a, a very interesting knack for pointing out the various nuances <laughs> of the different boots that appear. I'm just saying. Throughout all of these movies. And oftentimes you've been able to identify whether or not it's the fake out or the actual killer based on the boots that they're wearing. It's very true. Um, these boots are made for killing. Ooh. Yeah. These boots are made for killing. <laughs> That's just what they'll do. And one of these days, these boots. You're gonna kill the whole town. oh we'll go we'll go lay down the uh the vocals for that sometime soon yeah exactly (laughs) oh that was so this is the myers house ah how historic of a place is this this is where it all went down by the way he got off the bus. I just like really thought about. I wonder why he didn't drive. <laughs> I know he took the bus. That's going to get funnier and funnier over time. Something tells me. Oh, <laughs> like why? <laughs> okay, so the man in black shows up on the city bus. <laughs> you know, he had exact change. I know, like, wait. oh, so random. Do you think he has? Like a, a monthly bus pass? I do think so. Oh, what's this we see? Oh. Okay, tattoo, matching tats. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that was the most important moment we've seen yet. This mysterious man in black has the same tattoo as Michael Myers, and it's in the same place. Mm-hmm. What is going on now? Remember the first time we saw that? It's like the ultimate confusion like yeah. what is happening yeah and you'll just have to keep wondering for a while it's gonna be a while <laughs> yeah it pretty much for the rest of your life so yeah i'm still wondering yep <laughs> so it's not like you know all of the loose ends are gonna get tied up by any means in fact oh. there will be much much more loosening of ends mm-hmm. uh happening in the next film yeah and then we and then we end it 
Yep. So it's like, <laughs> good luck figuring that out. Yep. Have fun, guys. Ew. So, but you know what? In all seriousness, the thrill is in the discussion it provokes and in how fun it is to think about all of the, the various theories here. Yes. So I imagine upon conclusion of Halloween 6, we'll have a very rich discussion about all of that. But for now, we're keeping everything on the hush. Oh, my goodness. Uh, when Loomis, like, breaks out laughing because of the rat. Okay. I know. That was <laughs> good stuff. His, uh, his eccentricity is dialed all the way up here. Oh, yeah. He's able to pull off that quirk, too. I really appreciate that as an actor. Me, too. Like, he's got those little subtle, I'm quirky type of things. Okay, what is happening with Mikey here? Okay, so drop out Dally. And he loves his car. And that's his best friend right here. Yeah. Um, who, who honestly reminds me of so many people. The blonde guy. So many people. I love that dance. That was great. Yeah. So speaking of dance, I, I feel like he reminds me of that guy in Back to the Future who was trying to steal Lorraine from George. Yes. You know, he has he has that kind of smirk thing. Um, he looks exactly like a young Richard Widmark, if anybody is familiar with his wonderful body of work. And he also reminds me of someone who could be related to Biff. Oh, my God. So could be related to Biff. Yeah. He's like Biff's cousin. Okay, the, that was quite an entrance. Yeah, it really was. Hey, he must be related to Biff. He's talking about the wax job on the car. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Just putting hey. on the second coat now. Yep. Anybody seen part two? Back to the future. That is really good stuff. Okay, that car. He, ugh. It's really starting to annoy me with its car shenanigans. Right, I know. I think he's starting to annoy Michael as well. He's he's starting to annoy everyone. Although, I think Michael has his eye on that car. Yeah, so Michael's actually in the market right now for a new ride. It's true. We know that he can drive. And... Yeah. <laughs> This isn't going to go exemplary, well. <laughs> exemplary driver. Yes, exactly. A road warrior. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, that sucks. Hey. I cannot believe he would. See, that's where Michael's funny to me. Like, he knows exactly what would just be the worst thing to do to somebody. And for this guy, it's ruin his car. Yep. And then the fake greaser wanted to have a showdown with yeah. Michael Myers. And the only thing that was going to happen happened. Ew. And uh, there he goes. There was no way that he was making it out of there, which is kind of funny. Because even with everybody else, there's a little cat and mouse. Not with this guy. They're like, get him out of here. Yeah, get him out. Get him out. He can go play uh, Kaniki in the Allied Artist version of Grease. Oh my god. That is so funny. Oh. Little Jane. Okay. 
Excuse me with little Jamie and her little boyfriend here. It's the cutest thing I've ever seen. So how many dynamics are going on at once? <gasps> it, isn't that great? Like there's so much going on and in different places too. Look at him. He's in love with her and it's the cutest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. So they have a cool little connection. Yeah, they do. And they're also you know, basically stuck in this children's hospital. Um, and this this hospital is a weird place in general. Okay, yeah, because he's the second person that we've seen in, like, the hospital because he stutters. So right? I can't remember. What was the first? Was it, it was Nightmare or was it? No, it was FTT Part 3 in that the home for the teens? Oh, in part, part, part five? Yeah, part five. Yeah. yeah, there was someone in there only because he stuttered. And same situation with this little boy. And yeah. I, it feels extremely awkward that their parents are there for the Halloween show. And then it's like, they're going to be like, okay, bye kids. See you later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, the, the total disconnect here is is quite startling. And they're somehow okay with it. They're they're okay with their kid being committed to that place for stuttering too much. Yeah, and they're going to be like, we'll come and support you for your little Halloween pageant, and then we'll see yep. you next year. See you next year, then it's off to go drink cocktails with Dave and Betty at the office. Okay, Tina getting... Now, we know that this is not her boyfriend. This is... Well... Ah, uh, yes. This is the road warrior. Her boyfriend's name was Michael, though, so it's awkward. Yeah, that's a fun little detail, too. I love it. I mean, it's so funny for Michael. So Michael Michael Myers is actually wearing the mask that yep. her boyfriend was going to wear tonight. And he and opens the door for her. Yeah, yeah. See, the character depth of this cat, I tell you, it's the small things. It's... The way he's perfectly in control. Yep. It's his slow movements. It's how calculated he is. It's his ability to perform normal tasks. His sense of humor. Yep. Okay. But the thing is, I have a theory that Mike... Mike? <laughs> oh, you know, that's just old Mike. <laughs> I mean, Michael. <laughs> that's your boy. Yeah, old Mike. I think he has a crush on Tina. For real. Oh, that's right. That's right. I remember you told me that last time. Because I, come on. I couldn't stop laughing. You Anybody else, anybody else, they would be gone. But he not only picks her up, opens the door, she's still alive right now. Like, uh -huh. something's weird. Something's up. That is truly fascinating. She's lasting this long. Some, he likes her. And it's weird. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> unless see this is a, it's it's interesting because jamie's getting the feeling from michael yeah that he's with someone he could potentially harm them but then he doesn't okay shoes man the boots yeah the man in black once again um we've seen him several times now so we're definitely wondering what's going on Hmm. And he's obviously, he, you know, he's important. He's important. He was at Rachel's house. So Rachel and Jamie's house. 
That's right. So fascinating. Okay. Check this out. Driving Tina. She's saying like, stop the car. I want some cigarettes. Go back to the store. And he does it. He does it. And he lets her go. Yep. This is weird. He likes, he has a crush on her. So I think that this has something to do with um, the Kim Basinger thing. Yeah. She has some sort of very interesting agreement where not only does she get to stay alive, she gets to be the ultimate star, have the most lines, the most time in the spotlight. And I just keep wondering why. Because old Mike's got a crush on her. There you go. See, he she's in danger, but she's the only one who can escape Mikey Myers twice. I don't know. Something's amiss. There you go. So Jamie is having one of her full-blown telepathic fits. Oh my god, this is the best ever. Okay, it's the the big cookies. She's trying to like sign for which store Tina's in. Giant cookies, but it's like the way that she's signing and they say woman is so funny. Uh, yes. And how he knows. Oh, cookie woman. Dale's gas station. Dale's gas station. Like they all know. All right, so. Ooh. It's his own mask that he's bringing, right? Okay, so he switched back to his original mask um, just for fun, basically. Yeah. And is she... I'm thinking Tina has some kind of intuition because... Ooh. Oh. Very, very nice of you to say. Well, no, because she I... does know that it's a... He's not behaving like normal. Right. But... Jamie just saved her life. Because they surrounded her knowing Michael was there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. See? And look, even though that he drove away, which apparently he can like drive away totally silently. I, I'm telling you, he is such a master of the roadway. I know. Apparently. Aww. Oh my god, look. Her first word in however long. Ugh, I'm gonna cry. <laughs> that was pretty cute. Oh, so This is adorable right here. Yeah, so Jamie can talk again. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's pretty cool. Come on. Uh, oh, I miss it. the talking Jamie as much as I appreciate the silent one. You know, I really miss the talking Jamie. I love the talking Jamie. And I used to really not like that they had her silent, but now I I like the buildup. I like that she's connected in this weird way to Michael and she's all traumatized and that now she gets her voice back, though. Mm-hmm. The boogeyman. Uh-oh, this is where we lose you for Tina, huh? Uh, Yes. Yes, indeed. Aww. This is where I turn left. 
yep. into the land of Antitina. I use my turn indicator 90 oh. feet before the light, like oh. Michael Myers. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Because Jamie wants her to stay. Yeah, and she totally abandoned her. So, so that's a habit that Rachel and Tina have. Well, Rachel, though, at least was a final girl material <laughs> character. She was, yeah. Because if anybody's keeping track of, like, who's supposed to be our final girl, it's pretty obvious by now. Tina. Yeah. Tina's... Tina's who they chose to give us. And her behavior thus far with, like, the costume, the boyfriend, leaving Jamie as Jamie is crying. Does any of yep. this say final girl material None to you? None of this says final girl. It only gets worse. And I would really like to have a conversation with the casting director. I don't understand any of it. Or script. Like, can you please either figure out what you're doing with a final girl and her character, like her personality traits, or can you switch Boobaloo? Because Tina would have been fine as someone to just kind of be off screen. There you go. Exactly. Exactly. It's the role that they put her in that makes her so incredibly aggravating. And, uh, and it's, I don't mind her as that, as that character. It's only knowing that she's supposed to be our final girl where it gets strange. Absolutely. She can do whatever she wants if she's just there to be a slasher victim. Yeah. She can do whatever she wants. But if she's the final girl, that is a glorious position yep. that brings with it a very high standard. Yeah. And she is falling quite short of that standard. Nobody's like... Nancy, Lori, Tina. I know. Remember when? T when? Remember when? Nancy was acting like this. I mean, uh, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's one of those situations where silly. The the final girl is so decidedly non-final girlish that uh, yeah, she digs herself a hole and just falls deeper and deeper into it. And it's so funny. I never really thought about. The Boobaloo character, which I still don't remember her name. <laughs> the the blonde one in the devil's costume. Oh, I don't remember her name either. And it's, you know what's weird though? She's growing on me just as a person. I like her. Even more than last time? Yeah. I Like the more that she's just around, oh. I'm like, oh man, she kind of has like that sweet, wholesome look. Even even when they have her in the devil's costume, it's like, oh, I could, I could kind of see her sticking around for a bit more than Tina. Yeah. Yeah, strangely. I would have liked that. Yeah, it's it's kind of even with her boyfriend, like she was, she's even more covered up, which is weird. Something's going on that's weird. For sure. I, I kind of don't understand what's happening with her costume, actually. Now, can we get a a name tag on Boobaloo? Let's see if we can figure it. I know, Blondie. Oh, yeah, Blondie. Also, what's the kill count? Okay, we've got Rachel. And we've got... Uh, Mikey. Mikey. Are we only at two? Yeah. I think we're only at two. Really? 
Yes. That's intense. Yeah, so we got to point that out. So we're old school Halloween right now. Kill count is only at two, mm-hmm. um, which is, again, it's like a return to form at, because part four, we were up to 10 after like five minutes. Yes, we were. Yes, we were. So good, good pacing. I'm going to give it that. Good pacing. Good pacing. We're back with the, you know... Marx Brothers over here as the cops. The Marx Brothers, yes. Um, But they're carrying on the tradition. This has been since part two. People dressing up as Michael Myers on Halloween. Whoa! Okay, what's his face and his cackle? That's legendary. (laughs) Yes, it is. Good God! I like him. I know. I know. I can't help it. That was some laugh. Oh, uh, we decided that he was a wheelie, right? From Return to Oz. Yeah, he's he's the head wheelie. Good and God, I think he's... he might have actually been, in all honesty. I think there, he at least lent his voice because that giggle right then is terrifying. Yeah, and his smile too. See, well now this is <laughs> this is it's hitting me even more than last time. I like this couple more than Tina and Mikey. I would say exponentially more. I like the laugh. I like... Oh, I like dressing up as Michael. I think that could have been used in some funny way as a double. Yes. So, yeah. Very interesting thing, just as you said. um, Local teenagers in Haddonfield have this habit of dressing up as Michael Myers now. And the most unfortunate being uh, the boy, the love interest in part one, right? Yes, Ben Tramer. <laughs> he gets it the worst. Yeah, it's just terrible. <laughs> oh, and I love how they brought that back for no other reason than to say it was Ben Tramer because of the car scene in part one where she's exactly. talking about him. Yep. Oh, so great. This is pretty good suspense right here. Yeah, this is good stuff. So just imagine how disappointed she's going to be when this doesn't lead to her big break. I'm kind of feeling sad for her, though, because you can tell, you know. Yeah, it's all or nothing. Like, this is totally all or nothing for her. This is, you know, she had, like, a shot at it, and this was the shot. Aww. And the way that they're posing her, you know, they're giving her those, like, glam shots. The lighting? The lighting, yeah, exactly. You know, you could see, like, those old JCPenney's glam shots after this. Oh, yeah. No, they're they're completely highlighting her. They're, 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 like, pushing her on us. And I feel like... What could have worked? I'm tr- this is I'm kind of obsessed because what could she have done to make it to to get over on us? You know what I mean? Um, be a different person. Bless Daryl. <laughs> hey Sue. <laughs> oh, that if this is a write-in answer, then I'm mailing in my ballot. Oh my god. Um, oh, and here's here's Blondie. Blondie! Okay, do we know her name yet? No, I was trying to see. But 
You're right. She should have been the final girl. Right? There's just, there's something about her. I like her. Like she's, she just has some kind of charisma that she doesn't, I I know the role. They're almost trying to give her like a Tina role, but she's not a boobaloo. She doesn't come across that way to me at all. Right. And it's, it's, she's just weirdly charismatic. See, should we should we just rewrite the film? I think we're gonna have her be Tina, yeah, and and sw- have them switch places because this is the thing with screen tests. You don't know why some people just pop and some don't. I don't get it. Yeah, you know, it, it's one of those mm-hmm. strange mystical things. Certainly is. Oh dear, and I almost I don't want her to go at this point just because. I like Spitz as just the psycho, like weirdo, whatever he's doing, dancing and, and cackling. Like, I want well, some more of it. I, I think he adds a lot to the whole thing. You know, like his whole energy mm-hmm. is um, just the epitome of that comic relief that we sometimes look for. Totally. You know, and... going back to like Friday the 13th Part 2, remember the redhead? Yep. <laughs> oh, he psychs her out. Do you hear his laughing? Yeah. I, well, I think he really was the wheelie. I think so, too. I love that it was a fake out for the cops and then a fake out for her, too. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. The prankster. How that cackles. Great. Oh, my little cuties. I love this. Okay, you know what? For top ten couple, they're going to make it for me. Jamie and her little... This little cutie right here in the pirate oh, costume. I love it. Adorable. Yeah, they're kind of on a mission now. And they're yep. doing that classic thing where they're taking matters into their own hands. Yep. Um, I like that because, you know, we often talk about, like, the disconnect in the late 80s. Yeah. Between the kids and the adults and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they've successfully escaped confinement. Yeah. And are now trying to go out into the town and make things right. Oh my God. I have no idea what movie this is supposed to be. With, <laughs> with uh-huh. Spitz and, and Blondie like basic instinct i know it's like all of a sudden see this is where i think it gets super funny like the what they choose to focus on is like you guys are not a slasher (laughs) yeah they're building them up as a serious romantic couple that's supposed to jump off the silver screen oh my god that is so funny Now, is Michael in here? Yep. I heard the squeaking of the door. You know what I always thought was going to happen right here? Remember in part two, where that one couple gets impaled? Yep. On a spear? Yeah, and it... Okay, that's the other thing. Oh, well, this is this is safe message for the teenagers. Well, Absolutely. <laughs> So, in the end, it's really, it's health class. Yeah, they're promoting 
um, protected sex. Yep. So in that way, it's wholesome. Damn fine film. Upstanding. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yep, POV Michael. That's him for sure. Oh, the burned hand. I always forget about that until like this scene. I always forget that he was in the fire too. Oh yeah. Remember because his bandages didn't come off for 10 years. 10 years. Oh, pitchfork. Oh, he got the pitchfork. That's Horse right. Spits. Totally forgotten. But she did not. Is she going to get the sickle? I can't. Well, oh, there he is. Is the Grim Reaper. But here's what. Okay, boom, right here. Look at boom. that. Boom. This she to me, herself? that's uh -huh. final girl material. Yeah. Are you kidding yeah. me? That's to exactly arm, arm herself and go after Michael, even though it doesn't work. That Still. is behavior. And I'm like, yeah, I believe it with this girl. Like, I love. I love the, the courage. She wasn't just fodder to kind of scream and just be the boobaloo. And that's another thing that's like, well, then why wasn't she Tina? I don't get it. Yeah, they made a serious mistake. Not that Tina totally bothers me either. It's like, it, to me, the, the fun 80s Madonna vibe, I don't have a problem with. It's, right. it's only... After she leaves Jamie, that's when I start wondering, should she be our final girl? Exactly. Exactly. And she shouldn't be. She should have got decapitated half an hour ago. Hey, Sue! <laughs> oh my, your suit. Your suit's on tight. I know. I got my bow tie, too. Is she bothering you more this time than last time? Um, I would say it's always about the same. Really? But the longer amount of time that goes by in between viewings, mm -hmm. all it's of less. a sudden, everything becomes a little bit more endearing. I know, right? Yeah. So like last time, it had been a couple years. Same. And that's what's so funny, though, because I was like, yeah, yeah, I don't mind Tina at all. And, and I still don't. I, I like the Madonna vibe. However, this time is starting to get to me of like, oh man. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm noticing more things that she's doing to just kind of like be all moon eyes at the camera. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's all the little things. I think that when we watched it this last time, it hit us in a very general way. Mm -hmm. we, we noticed all of the abstract things and now we're sort of adding to that Yep. and seeing a lot of the little details. And I think we're confirming a lot of our hunches. I know. And now I feel really badly because I was about to cross over into team Tina. Yes, you were, but you see, she just doesn't let you. Gosh, darn it. I'm a she little upset. It, this I'm telling you, this chick will not, let you like her yeah and what's all this nonsense she's running around like a boobaloo with her head cut off mm-hmm <laughs> like well that's not final girl material come on truly not at all 
It's a total fail. You know what Nancy would have done right there is, I bet you anything, take the dudes out of the car and drive. Rachel would have done that. Rachel did do that in part four. Remember? Yes, she did. Yes, she did. Uh -huh. In the truck. Like, she takes over driving. See? those? These are the differences. Yeah. Oh, Michael. I do love that he was just sitting there that whole time waiting. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Oh, Jamie. Oh my God. I forgot Jamie's like right here. Oh. Oh my God. Little cutie pie. What is his name? Cause, oh no, Jamie. Okay, do you, Jamie's the true final girl. That's what it is. Oh, his name's Billy. Of course it's Billy. Yeah. I was going to say Billy just as a joke, but of course it's, it's actually Billy. So Jamie's the, the real heroine. She just did oh, yeah. what Tina should have done, though. Jamie, as a little girl, diverted Michael's attention away from Tina to come after her instead. She's nine years old, and she's better than Tina. So... And now... Blair Witch Project. <laughs> Jamie's the real final girl. That's very true. Yep, it's absolutely. It's very different from the Rachel Jamie dynamic. Yeah. I just feel for Jamie. She just keeps getting left hanging. I know. You know, it's it's like she has to do everything for herself and these people who are supposed to be taking care of her have not done a very good job. No, they suck. So, but luckily she was able to take matters into her own hands and she's got her little friend, Billy, who's also really cool. Billy's the best. Yeah, he really is awesome. Billy. <gasps> like in Black Christmas, Billy. Oh, that's right. Billy. That was a really, really good movie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's the I, I swear, like you as an impressionist, yeah. it, it's like the greatest thing in the world. <laughs> it's so fun to do. Yeah, and you've gotten like strangely good at it too. <laughs> From watching slash accent. Nice. Yes, yes. So that's where it came. You can practically try. Anywhere now with all of your accents that you've perfected. I think that's the message of slashers, really, is the educational aspect. Yes, to be more worldly. Yes. Do some traveling. Oh my god, traveling. <laughs> Do some traveling. Read a magazine. Oh my god, yes, you get to see Canada. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> oh, amazing. And Mississippi? Yeah, seriously. The best. I, like uh, I like your New Jersey, though. Joyzy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Remember after we watched Sweet Boy <laughs> Camp, uh, you sounded like you were from New Jersey for three weeks? <laughs> it's so much fun. <laughs> oh. Look at this right. Okay, so here we go. Thank you very much. Tina threw herself in line of fire for Jamie. Well, I, I gotta give works. her a point. I have to give her a point for that. 
Yeah, that works. Um, well, you know, it was it was a noble move. Oh my god, a good, a good thing to end on. <laughs> oh, you're so over her. Well, I I'm just I think she did the right thing just now. You know, I do too. I I really do both time. in in saving Jamie and in removing herself from this film. Ooh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Dang. So, Loomis. Good old Loomis comes back. You know, I, I just get happy whenever I see Dr. Loomis because he's my favorite character in the history of slasher movies. I know. I really, really like him. And, uh, you know, just watching his plight mm -hmm. and his sort of descent into desperation, mm -hmm. it's quite profound. And Donald Pleasance as an actor just gets a 10 out of 10 for me. I agree. And I feel like it's so central to Halloween. I feel like that's why the newer ones don't work for me because mm -hmm. it was already set up with Loomis that it's, it's like a Clark, it's like a Superman Lex Luthor situation. Yep. And you can't have one without the other. It doesn't work. Yeah, very much so. Very much so. And when it comes to any remake nonsense or anything like that, mm -hmm. even if I could accept anything else about the remakes, which obviously I can't, mm -hmm. I would still get caught up on having anyone else play Dr. Loomis. I know. You know? Well, because they wouldn't be able to. And that's why if we yeah. were doing it, that's why I would have Jamie Lee be like a sheriffy type. You know, she'd be that. I'd be the granddaughter, obviously. Yes. You'd yes. be her husband. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So, well, we can start filming that anytime. Yeah, exactly. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. All right, so now we have sort of a uh, what what might be described as the most powerful dynamic in all of slasher films is this particular connection that Dr. Loomis has with Michael Myers. He's the only one who seems to be able to talk to him at all. Yeah, notice the way that Michael just stands there and listens to him sometimes. He's genuinely intrigued by what Dr. Loomis has to say. Yep. This is amazing stuff. Like this is, to me, this is what it's all about right here. Because we already know so much history. Okay, remember Halloween one, the night that little Michael Myers committed his first murder and got taken away. He spent 15 years in an institution and Dr. Loomis was his only point of contact. That was his personal doctor. Yeah. That was his personal doctor. So they got really, really close the whole time he was institutionalized. And so oh, now they're carrying that dynamic out to the streets, except now Loomis has the hopelessly tragic role of uh, having to sort of either capture or kill him yeah. for the good of society. But he's obviously torn inside because mm -hmm. he, despite whatever Michael Myers has done, 
they spent 15 years together and he made some progress toward re rehabilitation. Yep. And um, so they've got a bond. Yeah. And it's really, really, really complicated. Oh my goodness. And now, now little Jamie is in the house as bait to bring Michael to the old house. And that's just all kinds of crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. They perfectly set the scene. We are back into the Myers house. And uh, uh, it's an ambush. It's an ambush. Using little Jamie as the bait, they're going to lure Michael Myers into the house where hopefully they can capture or kill him. Yeah. And uh, we imagine it might not go according to plan. Oh. See, now this is when the movie gets really good for me. She's so brave. Right. I mean, she knows what's going on right now. She's terrified. And yes. she's here anyway. <laughs> it's so good like it just makes me smile because everyone is playing their part perfectly now oh yeah this is like times 10 uh by the way the tattoo symbol is in the wall yeah 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 someone drew that same image on the wall so now we're starting to see this this little pointy tattoo image everywhere and it's got to mean something. Mm -hmm. It's got to mean something. And there will be a payoff for that. Yes. Um, but it's not going to happen until the next film. Part six. So talk about edge of your seat stuff. I think that they brilliantly kept us wanting more. I am very intrigued by the symbol. Absolutely. And by the boots. Yes, you love the boots. <laughs> because what is happening? <laughs> yeah. Why the bus? And don't forget, we need to record our rendition of uh, these boots are made for killing. That's absolutely true. Oh, so nothing better happen to Billy. I will be upset. I think he's going to be safe. Because they're so cute. Yeah, well, he can't he can't die. So True. He's good. Okay, see, so... The cops needed to be away from the house for Michael to enter. So, Loomis just, even leaving the door open. Yeah. I like the lighting here. I love it. I really, really am a fan of the lighting and just the overall mellow vibe here. Yeah, this is quintessential. I'm, I'm totally in it. Like, I'm in the movie. Um, even the bit part players, like just these random cops and stuff, they're all perfect. Yeah. Especially that dude, like the dude inside the house. Yeah. I'm pretty fond of him. Yeah, I mean, he's having to stand up to Loomis right now because it appears a little bit like Loomis is gone insane because all the cops are gone and they're supposed to get the girl out of there now and Loomis does not want her to go what what a crazy situation this whole thing is and what what a conundrum Dr. Loomis is in it's like I almost want to write a whole book about it oh my god I love how long they listen 
before they're like hmm, something probably is going wrong right now like he's gone dudes like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like <laughs> even after hearing all of that they still check like hey you okay eddie <laughs> like no uh-oh charlie yep. loomis loomis taking control once again and this is a motif as well because unfortunately dr loomis knows so much more than the cops do. Oh my god. So bad. See, because now it's one of those things where there aren't distinct sides of like the good and the bad. It's, you know, they're trying to project Jamie, but Loomis is like, he has a bigger picture in, in his head. He really does. He knows too much. So he knows too much. And you know what? It, 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 there have been people not believing him for like 10 years now. And every time people don't believe him, everyone starts dying. Oh my goodness. Oh, Loomis, I'm so scared. Hey, look at that. Michael in the background. Oh, that's perfect. And see, and he can talk. He can talk look, also, him. look at look at how different Michael Myers' vibe was just now. I know. You see that? He didn't even make an attempt. No. He's he didn't even make an attempt. There's a bond here. He's watching and listening, and it's very intense. And, and just enough in, uh, keyboard. Yes, the keyboard, I was going to say. <laughs> Some the classic keys. theme. The keys. Oh, the keys. Yes. I love that part for some reason in part one. It always makes us laugh. The keys. Okay. Okay. This is this one's for all the money. Oh, I love it. All right. Let the Academy know. Yep. Stop the rage. Look at this. <sighs> they have reunited in the house where it all started. This was the Myers family house. Back when Michael Myers was a kid, he committed his first murder in here. And then he spent 15 years with this man. And look how they're able to have a conversation. And Loomis goes right up to him. Right up to him. This is powerful. Starts, oh. starts dropping the knife. So for a moment at least, uh, his humanity is yep. unlocked. He's the only one to ever be able to reach him there. Yeah, because Michael Myers is pretty much dead to the world, but Ooh. somehow Loomis is an exception. Now he's still dead to the world, so. Oh, there we go. All bets are off at the end of the day, but all afternoon, there's oh. some feelings in there. He was so close. Yeah. Cute. Darn it. That was the closest anyone has ever come. Yep. So no cigar this time. No. Oh. Oh, and here we get some of that late 80s synth happening. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. This guy needs to hurry up. <laughs> here we go. Mikey. Up the stairs, the slow walk, which is my favorite. 
Oh, I should point that out, by the way. So the kill count is what? Five, maybe? Now? But the shape or the... It, it's almost a return to the shape in part one. Not totally, but much better than part four, in my opinion. Oh, as far as the um, pacing. Yes. Definitely. Yeah, it's got good pacing. Okay, so little Jamie's running away. I think she has an idea. Oh my God. Look at Jamie. Ah, oops, there he goes. <laughs> okay, so. Wait a who second. Is this? Who is this that they're taking out on a stretcher? Is it Billy? Oh, okay, phew. Yeah. Wait, no, it's no, no, not no, Billy. It's... He's not allowed to be killed. No, 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 it's, um, I think it was the owner of the place. Okay, was it, oh, that was an off-screen kill. Yes. Okay, so we're up to six. Yeah. Or no, seven, because now with um, the cop from the house. So a little bit more than, you know, huge, but not not in, not totally crazy yet. Look so six on screen and one off screen, right? Yeah. I think so. Okay. Oh my God, though. Jamie, this is my absolute favorite. So she's, <laughs> oh, I love this. Yeah, she's basically activated, by the way. Oh, she's activated. This is final girl right here. Right here. This is absolute final girl stuff. She's hopping into the laundry chute. Um, she doesn't even know where it goes. I know, but she's like, let's get out of here. Let's and do this. Boarding up the door and the windows. That's what I'm saying. The courage for this little girl is off the charts. Yeah, this is a throwback too because she's sort of in a little compartment and she can see where he is and stuff like that. Um, reminiscent of Jamie Lee Curtis in the closet at the end of Halloween 1. That's right. Oh, and Michael knows. Oh my God. The tension is perfect. Look at that. She's right there in, oh my God. Oh my God. This is perfect for me. The, it's just. Yeah, just this is truly two, great stuff. Just the two of us. But it is, it's just the two of them. And it's kind of the classic showdown. The slow walk, the pacing. Everybody, even Loomis right now is kind of out of the picture. Mm -hmm. And. I feel like... Well, she's the real final girl. She is the real final girl. Which, you know what? What a brilliant decision. I, I like how this movie has three acts yep. to it. And the third act essentially rescues it from whatever nonsense Tina was perpetuating in act two. That's very true. The movie I, has completely shifted. Don't, don't you see it's like a totally different film now? I know. That's what I mean. So in a sense, Tina's vibe doesn't bother me if she's not the final girl. Although that's still a little bit too much screen time. 
I like the beginning and the end of the Absolutely. movie. Absolutely. I think I like act one and three. So do I. All right, we're gonna split up the ratings then. All right then. Perfect. That way we can do just service all around. I agree. I love that. She's so good. Like just, what a good little actress. I love her. Are you gonna end up giving her the golden machete? Oh yeah, of course. Oh, okay, I was wondering. Yeah, there's like <laughs> no chance. What if I gave it to Tina? That'd be hilarious. Oh God. I would wonder <laughs> if you were feeling okay. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> oh my God. Oh. You would do that to prank me. I know I would. That's <laughs> exactly what you would do. Oh jeez. I kind of love the dynamic too with her costume being this little princess costume. Yes. Because it really it highlights like this feminine thing, but also it's totally going beyond that with how resilient she is and like showing everything that she can do when she's out for survival. Ah, because she's into survival. She's into survival, just like Nancy. Yes, shout out to Nancy, um, who we all know and love. And I think we'll be getting back to that series actually before too long. Yeah, we gotta get leather pants. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> Freddy is actually in leather pants in that movie, so. And Doc Martens. I like it. I'm not opposed. And, and a trench coat. See, I don't mind it so much. I used to, but now it's all right. Yeah, talk about a 180. I know. I have never seen such a thing. Honestly, like you've pulled a few of these before, but I know. You want to talk about hating a movie and then loving it all of a sudden? <laughs> wow. That is you and Wes Craven's new nightmare. I know. I and think... I couldn't be more thrilled about it. I'm I'm absolutely thrilled. How many years have I been trying to convince you? I know. You With... know, like you hated it. I understood why you hated it. I truly <laughs> did. There are some controversial elements that if they had done them any differently, it would have ruined the whole film. Yep. But we had a very, very good viewing experience of it last time. Yeah. And you just, you got on board. I mean, it's Nancy at the end of the day. I gotta love it. Okay. Yeah. And then there have been some of these movies that you have gotten me on board with too. Yeah. Uh, everything Freddy. <laughs> Everything Freddy. That that is the truth. Well, specifically Dream Warriors. Dream Warriors. Yeah, it was your total nonstop promotion of that movie that yeah. finally made me turn the other cheek and say, you know what? This movie's incredible. Yay. So I'm you helped so me glad. Just love that movie. It's so fun. Oh my god, this is the worst ever having Jamie see Rachel. Yeah, that was traumatic. So now she's uh, Ugh, hiding. She's hiding inside of the casket of <gasps> Judith Myers, by the way. Oh, Uncle! Okay. <gasps> Oof. Edge of my seat. <gasps> he stopped. Oh, see, he's listening. This is like a Loomis moment where he's actually listening to her. 
So Loomis isn't the only one who can reach him because look, Jamie just got a little bit further. Oh my God. Here, here, here's the payoff of the whole thing. He's taking off the mask. Oh, here we go. Oh! Oh, revealing himself for the first time to like anybody um, except for Loomis. So she and Loomis are the only ones to see his face. There he is. <gasps> oh, he looks like just... He's just some dude who's just like broken. Some dude. Oh, so sad. Oh my God, he's crying. Oh, look at, oh my God, look at this moment. See, it's like he's possessed or something. Like there's this moment of humanity and what is going on right now? So I think something very important just happened. Um, and that's why I brought the box of tissues, by the way, because oh, wow, it's my favorite what moment a moment. Ever. You know. it, it just, it, it hits as hard every time I think. I know, there's no way around it. It's just yeah. so intense. Okay, but Loomis here is a little bit <laughs> like, um, wait a second. Yeah, Loomis like, is getting, getting pretty um, over the top here. But no, 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 no. In his mind, somebody has to save the town of Haddonfield. I know. Because they keep letting him get away, and then like 30 people die. I know. Oh my God. So, what a strange situation. So, Loomis has entered the mindset of must kill Michael Myers at all costs, including using Jamie as bait. I know, and I, it's so sad. I get why it's necessary, though. Yeah. Oh, here we go. Is it possible to take down Michael Myers? Oh, God. And should be noted, too, like, what Michael did to Loomis was not fatal. It was, it was like a gash, but it wasn't... It wasn't his normal code. That's right. He could have just stabbed him. Yeah. Very easily. Oh, my God. See, now this showdown. It's this, like, authority figure. Oof. Okay. By the way, though, this is completely Friday the 13th Part 4, though. Yeah, 100%. Like, everything about this, he's doing exactly the same thing that Tommy did to Jason. Yes, he is. Like, saying die. So, that's fascinating. I kind of wonder what they thought of that. So, look. Mm. Loomis's plan worked. <gasps> oh, see how connected they are, though. It's like life and death. Yeah, truly is. Oh. Look, it actually worked. This is this is when people say the end justifies the means. Yep. Because now Michael Myers is able to be captured. Yeah, and that's what I mean. I totally get it. Like you'd have to really trust Loomis. Yes. Oh. Oh, Jamie. 
This is the first time we've seen this too. This is actually really good stuff. It's subtle, but it's good. Michael's sitting at the um, county jail. Yep. That's actually really good stuff. So he's actually in custody. And yep. um, remember this guy that that this movie brilliantly made us forget about for just long enough? Mm -hmm. we, we have totally forgotten about the man in black. Here he is. He's waltzing into the police station and he's got something in tote. Uh-oh. So... The timing as well. So Jamie gets to leave. Mm -hmm. You know, she's safe. So we think. And what's going on with the tattoos? That's like the burning question. Oh, my God. Poor little Jamie. And this. Oh, see? Explosion. Uh-oh. Hey, now look at Machine Gun Kelly here. I know what is going on. It's kind of a sweet <laughs> shot, like this. I, you know how I love a good slow mo. Yeah, that was a brilliant slow mo. Like in the jail, it's the cape and the hat and the yep. fog. It's pretty cool, except oh. it's not cool because what is happening? Yeah, it's like a. Um, there's a lot of off-screen kills happening right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the whole department. Yeah, which is interesting because if this movie starred Sylvester Stallone or Bruce Willis. Mm -hmm. All of these kills would be on screen. Yeah. And no one would have a problem with it. Oh, here we are with our girl, though. Once again, she thought she was safe. And now the trauma continues. There's been a massacre. Oh, my God. It's like, I want to follow her story from what happens this night. What a... What a profoundly good final girl jamie is she's just incredible yeah so she's gonna be in the elite list yep giving her like the 10 on the final girl element oh yeah and haunting absolutely haunting i just with... think it's worth mentioning is she's nine years old i know like what's going on here <laughs> so he's been released uh-huh okay so check this out the man in black walked in to the station and busted Michael Myers out of jail. So what's that he about? Out of jail. Now, why would he do that? Why would he do that? And he walked into there just guns blazing, um, very purposeful. So there's uh, some... uh, Yeah, Jamie's thinking what we are thinking she's okay. like what the hell's going on here and then the movie just ends that's the best by the way the best like no like the echo and it just ends is perfect what a cliffhanger what a cliffhanger and then um it's just so good also just we got to give credit to the uh credits if you mm -hmm. will the orange and black thing it's so yes. simple not expensive at all but perfect i right? know it it's just so works good and then what's this is good stuff. it's super awesome um just a note that right now we'll probably get to halloween six soon because yeah. as of now the producer's cut is on amazon prime oh, oh, oh yes so like the actual you know what is it the uncut think subject. about how long we have been waiting for a legit version of that. I know. We've... Remember, like, you actually found 
a VHS copy of Halloween 6, the producer's cut online somewhere one time. Yeah, I got it for you on eBay. That's right. That's right. And then we watched it. And I remember our jaws just hitting the floor. Honestly. I know. That was like what I took from that experience. Remember, because we had the whole movie in our head as far yes. as what we expected. Yep. And then it subverted it all. I know. And it's so funny because uh, I didn't really like, I didn't used to like part six until I saw the producers. <laughs> you hated it. I know. I know. I know. I really you did. did another one of your classic 180s. It's good. I like when you play the reversal card in Uno. Yes. Oh my God. You That's reversed. so funny. I know. Well, and what's hilarious too is like not liking Paul Rudd as Paul Rudd in Halloween 6, which is just so funny because I love him in everything uh -huh. else. And you only like him in part six. I only like. <sighs> That's so funny. Yes, yes, I truly only like him in Halloween, and I actually only know him from Halloween. <laughs> I know, which is just absurd. It's so funny. Yeah, <laughs> so that's going to be really, really fun. And now, especially after this cliffhanger ending, I can't wait. Oh, I'm so excited. Okay, so we're going to rate it in three different parts yeah yeah i like that idea act one act two and act three Yay. Um, so act one being the prologue and the introduction of the characters yes and the revelation about jamie's current condition yep and the build up to the party act yes okay being the duration of the party Culminating in the chase scene where Tina sacrifices herself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Act three, beginning with the plot to lure Michael Myers back to the Myers house mm -hmm. and everything that happened therein until the closing. So we have three distinct acts, each of them about 30 minutes. Right. This is pretty cool stuff. Um, but before we get to that, we've got a few other things to do. Yeah, we do. We have to give out. Um, let's actually start with the Mr. Potato Head. Mr. Potato Head. Yeah, because I don't think we took any notes because we were actually sort of drawn in this time. It's true. We got drawn in. We essentially got mesmerized again. Oh, it's so true. Yeah, it was it was great, too, because we were like aware of our own mesmerization and uh, we were we were watching it in both ways at the same time. Oh so my God, I, love it. I have to say I had a really, really good time. First of all, just an excellent viewing of Halloween five. Um, so if that's any indication mm -hmm. that uh, this movie's going to get some good ratings. Yes, absolutely. So that's, you know, there's no concern there, but before we do that, I'd like to know, who you believe is the most deserving of the classic, classic Mr. Potato Head Award? So, thinking about this, <laughs> because it's a little bit of a hard one, because <laughs> for me, <laughs> Michael Myers, like, 
it the mask hair is just so out of control. Yes. That I think I gave it to him last time. I think I have to do it again this time. Oh my goodness. Um considering the only person who could possibly give him any competition mm-hmm. is Rachel. For oh. Remember the new do, new you? New do, new you, because she <laughs> was feeling all excited with her curly hair. Yep, hashtag NDNY. All right, then. So. I propose <laughs> switching them. If So then I would give Michael's mask hair to Rachel and Rachel's curly do to Michael, because oh. <laughs> that would be a new do, new you, Michael. Whoa! And then he would go straight to the WWF. He would! That would be great. It'd be great. Okay, so he's going to be curly and blonde. Mm Mm-hmm. And she's going to have some frazzled red hair. (laughs) Exactly. I don't even know how to classify his hair. (laughs) Yeah. It's so out of control. So that's, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's like electrified. She would basically end up looking like Chucky. It's electrified and frozen at the same time. Yes. Oh my God, she would look exactly like Chucky. I know. That's really disturbing. It really is, honestly. I well, think that's what they were going well, for with Chucky is I think a mini Michael. I think that's what it's called. Yes, the mini Michael. <laughs> All right, so you're you're actually giving the award to Rachel, but then switching it out. Yeah, but I would put, yeah, I would switch the hairs. The hairs. Okay, sure. Yeah, well, the hairs. That was actually going to be my next question, you know, is that if you could take both of your hands. Yep. And wrap them around the hairpiece of <laughs> Rachel and lift that hairpiece. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Exactly. <laughs> and lift that hairpiece from her head hole as the sword was pulleth from the stone. Pulleth. What would you replace it with, which you've already answered? You said Michael Myers is due. Yeah, uh, the mini Michael. The mini Michael. Okay. Yep. Um, I cannot possibly top this. So, Mr. Potato Head Award is signed, sealed, and delivered. Nice. Because now I can't get it out of my head. I know. Because now, when you said WWF, now I just see him. He'd be wearing the same jumpsuit, though, but with Rachel's hair. Yeah. I'm, I'm literally picturing him in the ring. Oh, my God. He'd be the, the jumpsuit joker or something. <laughs> the jumpsuit joker. JJ. JJ. Oh my god. Well, so there's that. So there's that. <laughs> I really, really like that one. Um, okay, so Golden Machete. The Golden Machete Award is something that we usually give out to signify that uh, we we have chosen one of the characters to represent excellence in this particular film, someone who had a standout performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, essentially our favorite person in the movie, whether that means we like them because we like them, or mm-hmm. whether that means they put on a hell of a show. 
Yep. So um, this is a really important award because it's basically the most valuable player. Yes. And uh, who would you like to give that to? Jamie, all the way. I knew that was coming. Yep. I knew that I, was coming from the beginning her. of the movie. But I can't... Uh, to me, she is perfect in four and five. I think the way... Just the little actress, but the, the costume choices, the way that she, in this one, she goes from being so traumatized that she can't speak to like throwing herself in front of Tina and diverting right. Michael's attention and then and then um trying to hide in that final showdown. Golden machete all the way. She's an amazing final girl. Okay. Okay. So I completely agree that she is one of the absolute best final girls yeah. that we've seen yet. However, my golden machete is going to Dr. Loomis. Of course. You'd have to. Yes, yes. So, like, you know, I gave it to him last time yep. as well. And the reason is because Dr. Loomis and everything contained within his storyline, his tragedy, his plight, his descent into madness, yeah. um, his ambiguous but heroic actions. Mm-hmm. His duality, his contradiction, his tragedy. Aww. The role that he plays as one part lovable grandfather yeah. and one part hell-bent on conquering evil. Yes. Dr. Loomis kept me engaged throughout this series. His presence in G Injected life into the series as it continued. Mm -hmm. I would say that his presence allowed the series to continue. Yes. You know, there, it, it, I would say you could take away a lot of elements from Halloween four, five, and six, but there's one thing you couldn't take away, and it's Dr. Loomis. I agree. That's, you know, totally Dr. Loomis. What I was thinking. He, uh, you and I are both suckers for nostalgia. Yeah. Nostalgia hits us hard, and we acknowledge nostalgia as a positive thing. We love yeah. it. So when we saw Dr. Loomis returning, we were instantly filled with all of these memories of the original film. Yes. And how he assisted Jane Lee. Mm -hmm. And just that role that he played, he was so essential as the character who was in the know. Yes. He was the one person in the whole film who had full knowledge of what was going on and was out to save the day. Yes. Very, very helpful character to have around. And endearing as well, too. I don't think anyone else could have played him. Even his look is perfect. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just good stuff all around. The emotionality in part five mm -hmm. was the height of it all. The, the tear that rolled out of Michael Myers's eye Aww. when he was dealing with Jamie, I, I think it was because it was all too much having just had that interaction with Dr. Loomis. I know. You know, two minutes earlier and slashing him oh. um, after letting his guard down a little bit. So, so good. I, I will say that Dr. Loomis is getting my Golden Machete Award. Nice. I totally 
totally thought that you would choose Loomis too. Yeah. Yeah. And I so, agree. He's amazing. It, there's just, there's no Michael without Loomis to me. Yeah. I'm tempted to give the award to the man in black. Ooh, for the sneak I, I attack. Very tempted, but it's just that there wasn't enough screen time. You know, I couldn't yeah. justify so maybe in part six we'll see some more that's gonna be some great stuff so for right now the man in black gets the silver machete nice like that. <laughs> first yep. boots so one of the games that we like to play and god knows it's a fun one is who would i be with okay I'm very excited about this because it changed from last time. Because. What? (laughs) Wait, what? We already talked about this. You changed it? I changed it because. (laughs) No, because, which is weird. Okay, however, because last time I liked you with the friend that was on screen for two seconds because I just, I liked her vibe. Yeah. But Rachel, in that part, in part four, as like the idealized kind of little family uh, unit with you and Rachel and Jamie. However, the new do new you on Rachel this time changed my opinion. So I don't think you would be with Rachel. I think, I think Rachel in this one was... (laughs) was like you would like Rachel and I think Tina (laughs) would like you Oh, and she would be causing some trouble but my new pick is I think you would actually I like the blonde boobaloo and this is the only time I think I've ever picked like a boobaloo because I don't think she was. I think she was miscast, and I think she was actually sweet, and I liked her, and I think that's who you would be with because she okay. was loyal to to her boyfriend at the dance, and I think yeah. Tina would be causing trouble at that same dance. Yeah, And I think you would probably like Rachel because she was fun, but she's just she's changed a little bit too much for you this time yeah. that so. new do would have would have gotten me too i know it would have gotten me i would have noticed yep but ah. then the new you i would have been like hold on a second uh, that's what i'm saying i didn't sign up for all that yeah it's like whoa wait a second don't know what's happening here yeah. with all of this this energy it was the opposite of Vicodin style, like all of a sudden, she was on some uppers, and it was like, hold on, yeah, just totally, slow down. Uh, totally different personality, and you know what? Sometimes that happens in real life. Yep. Actually, so in this um, wonderful thought experiment <laughs> of ours that has taken on a life of its own, <laughs> we have we have made some amazing conclusions. I think the last episode of uh, who would I be with was pretty damn wholesome. You know, I think so too. That was really, really wholesome. How, however, 
we had something that sometimes holds true to life happen,、mm -hmm. which is that the person that you had me with last time, she changed. She did change. Yeah, she's a totally different person. And so sometimes,、um, just real talk, when people are in relationships,、mm -hmm. sometimes one or the other changes. Yeah, totally. This is something that really happens, and then you have to reassess everything and ask yourself if you should still be with that person. That's exactly what I think happened with new dude, new you, and strangely, the friend Blondie came out just looking really nice. Isn't that crazy? And how about this one too? I don't know about you, but I was prepared to dislike Blondie. So was I. Uh huh. That I I, I think we both kind of had that leaning. Yep, going into it, sort of a predisposition. We've dealt with a lot of boobaloos. Yes, we、know? have a lot、yep. of boobaloos, and、yep. so we, I think we may have actually stereotyped her. I think so, and it's funny <laughs> because, well, they were trying to. They that was her role, and it's like, ah, but actually,、mm, this is not. This isn't the actress for you for boobaloo. So, <laughs>、uh, she's yeah. yeah. Just, She seemed nice, and she had charisma, and I liked her. And I think Tina would be causing all kinds of trouble, though. Of that, there can be no doubt.、Uh, Tina would be a nightmare for me to deal with. But I think she would like you, though. I'm afraid <laughs> that you're probably right. I know.、It's、Because、so、it follows the pattern. <laughs> I know. It follows the pattern, and、yeah. she's wild, and she has issues, and yada 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 yada. Yeah. Um. Oh, and she's <laughs> full of herself. She's full of herself, right? Yeah. Except then, randomly, she like faints and has an existential crisis out of nowhere. Boom! This is it's par for the course here. Yeah. Okay, we are golfers. Yep. And、exactly. nothing less. Uh huh. <laughs> and I love how Boobaloo was actually, to me, seemingly the most stable. Uh huh. Yes, 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 yes. Because we, I almost want to say that we owe her an apology. I know, right? In a in a weird way, because it is she、weird. had two strikes against her. I know. From the start. From the start, and that's just because, you know, most slasher movies, we can predict them perfectly.、Mm -hmm. Really, they don't they don't fool us too often.、Mm -mm. You know, they don't like throw us for a loop and all that stuff. No, but this movie actually did. I know. Attempting to sell us on this chick as if she were a boobaloo, but then revealing that she's actually just. The cool chick. Yeah, she's、yeah. the cool chick, and Tina、really、is. is the boobaloo. Tina so, is a hundred, hundred thousand percent boobaloo. So all the things to happen, that's where I've landed. Amazing, it's amazing, and as usual, I think you're spot on. <laughs>、um, Tina would cause so much trouble.、Mm -hmm. I absolutely would like Rachel. And if we're continuing the lore here,、mm -hmm. then as of this point, I would have been in a relationship with her for a year, yeah, about. And then she would have completely changed personalities. Yep. You know, had had one of those、um, 
negative revelations or whatever, you know, you where do. somebody just, just regresses into getting all crazy or yeah, whatever. Exactly. She was like all of a sudden all about the parties. And then the blondie comes along. And so she just seemed really nice. And that's what's True, so right. funny. Just something, yeah, it's like, sorry, guys. Like, I, I get what they were seeing when they were casting her, but she doesn't come across like that at all. Right, right. And so I would wager to say that if she would have been in a different slasher movie, mm-hmm. um, she would have been quite good. I think so, too. It's she weird. Like, dominated the movie because she had it in her you know you could tell you could tell she was like the perfect uh slasher actress kind of ready to go except she got done wrong a little bit in this movie only because she she walked onto the set Mm. that had been completely taken over by tina i know and oh it's so weird the way that she even picks up like the pitchfork and and defends herself and like goes up against michael that's final girl material so yeah. So she actually had like the a hell of a performance. You know, she really did. She didn't get enough screen time. Right. So she didn't get to show us everything. Um yes. but you know what? Potential through the roof. And it's not her fault that Tina had this contract that mm-hmm. she had signed. You know, Tina was actually under contract at that time. She had all of the agents, you know, so weird to me. Her everyone believed that this was going to be the new young female lead breakout star of Mm. of 1989 they thought she was going to take over the 90s weird so yeah what a what a strange thing probably screwing around with one of the producers or or something like that so uh, because otherwise it just doesn't make sense because she has no talent i so i'm i'm very um good lord yeah that was all of a sudden that was all out like nope (laughs) yeah good Um, that was hilarious so i'm not a tina fan if it's not obvious louise that intensified times a thousand (laughs) so that was so funny that's probably literally what happened um there there have been many stories like this too where there's like somebody who's supposed to be really famous mm-hmm. for whatever reason and then it just doesn't happen yeah and i think that that dynamic has given this movie a very fascinating energy to it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i think that that energy is the crux of the the dissonance between the two groups of fans you know one one of yes. whom believes that uh that this movie sucks because uh, Tina's in it. I know, that's so sad though. It's really good. It's actually a really good movie. Now it's a really good movie. I certainly would not go as as far as they do, but you want to talk about like some of the most heated debates in all of slasher culture. I think this might be number one. You know, the, uh, the, pro, the pro Tina, anti-Tina thing is yeah. very real. And while the anti-Tina-ers are definitely onto something, and I will certainly get them a beer, because I don't like her either, but 
I don't think that that alone is enough to like draw me away from the movie. No, I thought I really love the Jamie Michael connection. I love the showdown, the relationship that kind of casts her in a Loomis role a little bit with him, being able to to get through to him on a human level. And yeah. and just yeah. Loomis and Michael in general, anytime they're together. So I like it as far as that. I love the weird I know that that's super debated. Like, should there be any kind of like weird occult thing? Should there be the symbols, oh. the tattoos? Like, what is it doing in there? Doesn't belong or does it? Because maybe that's a way to explain Michael. And so I'm actually very curious about that right now. I like it. I think it's interesting and a cool way to kind of throw in some supernatural elements if you want to, because they're mm -hmm. jealous of Freddy. I know everybody wants to like, be supernatural like Freddy. Yeah. <laughs> so throwing in some occult stuff is a way to get there that's not just silly. Well, Freddy was making that money in 1989. Because um, I mean, Freddy's the best. That was the big thing going on. Just like Friday the 13th owned the early 80s, Freddy Krueger owned the late 80s. Freddy's you the know? best. And, and your favorite person in the world. Oh, absolutely. But it, you know, it's actually kind of sad. I was looking up um, Blondie, whose name in the, whose character's name was Samantha, I guess. I, I had no idea. I don't know if they ever even say it, but she's credited as Samantha. Um, she wasn't even in anything. So that's what I, oh, the missed uh, opportunity. Uh, if they had switched, that would have been so yeah. perfect. That would have been a breakout thing for her, I think. It absolutely would have. I would have loved to see it. That would have caused my rating to skyrocket. I know. And then, so, yeah, it just... This is good stuff. Tina I, like, I wasn't in anything. The Going back to the occult thing, yeah. um, Halloween needed something at this time right? in, in its life cycle. Where else was it going to go? Halloween is such a classic... American folk tale on its most simple level, simple in a good way. Yes. You know, just the the scary, mysterious man outside. You really can't get more effective than that. And they had already done that a few times. Yep. Um, depending on who you talk to, you know, Halloween one or four yes. is like the perfect version of that whole idea. Yeah. So they weren't gonna top one and four. If they I went agree. the traditional route. So they needed to inject this series with a little something extra, something spicy. And they noticed that Freddy Krueger was doing the supernatural thing. Yep. Right. And so they integrated a little bit of that stuff with the telepathic connection between yes. Michael and Jamie. And also some of the silly stuff like Michael Myers teleporting. Yeah. You know, just little stuff like that. But I think most importantly here, they took it to a whole nother level. I agree. They did something that no one else was doing, which was be overtly occultish. Yes. Directly occultish. So, so, so there's some sort of higher power here who is not only governing Michael Myers's behavior, mm -hmm. controlling his rage. There is, there is some mystical force that has jurisdiction over all of Michael's thought and action. 
Mm-hmm. And it, it mm-hmm. clearly has something to do with that tattoo and something That's to do with the man in black. So who is the man in black? Who is the man in black? I think that's the most important question of this whole movie that probably should have been the tagline. I know, I think so too. You want to talk about like the ultimate middle child or something like that, you know? Oh, that's perfect. It is so hard for people to, to, to talk about Halloween 5 because it's right in the middle of two entities that really stand out i agree and six four and six have a very strong identity they both are what they are they're different they're cool they are very very cool halloween five serves as the bridge between four and six yes and i think yeah just for that alone you kind of have to appreciate it just on that level of well, it brings us to the next chapter that it it had to be ambiguous in a way. Very much so. And, and I think in its ambiguity, it was tremendously effective because in a burst of positive irony, it became its own thing by doing that. Yes. So it played such a strong role in bridging the psychology of Halloween 4 with the psychology of Halloween 6. Um, transforming the essence of the series, Mm -hmm. introducing us to a new character. Mm -hmm. And you want to talk about an important character. We're going to find out next movie. The Man in Black is no joke. Oh my God. I'm so excited for that. Yeah. Who is the Man in Black? And we'll just give one little hint. We've seen him before. We've seen him before. We know who, like you've (laughs) actually seen him talk and talk to other characters too. Yes, it, it's it's somebody who has appeared in this series twice now. Ooh, I'm so excited. So what in the heck is going on? Um, Halloween 5 is great. We've split it up into three acts. Act 1, prologue up okay. until the start of the party. What is your rating of Act 1 out of 9? Right, okay, so we're it's out of 9. You know what? I really like it i'm going to say eight okay 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 pros and cons please pros and cons why it's an eight and not a nine only because we don't yet have jamie talking it's we're getting introduced to everything it's a little confusing we we don't know what's going on with the symbol and all of that's intriguing but i feel like it's setting everything up in a way that makes sense for part three, like for chapter three, for the ending of this movie. Mm-hmm. And so I love introducing Jamie in, in the children's hospital and showing what's what happens in trauma or what like responses, physical responses and emotional responses. All that's really interesting to me. Yes. I think personally, I just can't get over new do, new you on Rachel. I can't get over it. <laughs> So that's going into the rating. It's a full point gone. Because I can't, I can't do it. Wow. What happened? Yes. So (laughs) would you say that you threw her into the well? I not, maybe like I left her in the woods, not quite in the well. Not quite in the well. But I would leave her in the woods. Okay. 
But well, I, no, I like that. We have different degrees of severity from the woods to the well. From the woods to the well. And also it's the introduction of Tina, which starts to get on my nerves a little bit. Yeah, for sure. And I don't, last time it did not bother me as much, but this time I started noticing how much she was hyping up her role in the movie with, instead of being a character in the ambiance and the the atmosphere of the movie, it became a little bit more clear that she was trying to take over the movie. Yes, for sure. For sure. So that's a point for me. Well, good point. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I love I love how you designated a new place to throw bimbos. Ugh. As the originator of the well, which oh has become absolutely legendary, by the way. Yay. You invented the well. <laughs> the well, which is where you throw bimbos. And the first one you threw into the well was the girl from Prom Night. That's right. Yeah. yeah, you hated her guts. Oh, she was, I was like rooting for the killer at that point. I know, I know. It was know. bad, that was bad. Because <laughs> on our first viewing of it, you were even more passionate. It was kind of crazy, because she just reminded me of the high school queen bees. Right. And I couldn't take it. Yeah, yeah, well, I, I will say that uh, as an actress, she played that role perfectly, um, a little, a little too well. A little too well. <laughs> a little too well. <laughs> so that's why you threw her into the well. Exactly. And that is where we get the well from. And this has been a, a very fun motif. It's continued through many, many, many films. And yeah. now we've introduced the woods. So yep. woods to the well. Okay, so if you leave her in the woods, um, just to clarify for, for everyone who is now truly curious about the relationship between the woods and the well, because that's the kind of things that people should be thinking about these days. Of course. What, what is the difference between the woods and the well? Would you, would you agree with the statement that leaving her in the woods is a less severe version of throwing her into the well, but it's essentially the same idea of just rejecting her and just slapping her? I mean, because the woods, she could find her way out. The, nobody's coming back from the well. Oh, okay. So it's the finality yep. of it. It, it. It's the fact that there is no returning from the well. Exactly. So if you leave one of these bimbos in the woods, what you're saying is you're uh, putting them through a test. Yep. However, they might make it back if they can get real. Exactly. So if they can't get real, then they'll end up in the well on their own. Basically. Okay. So it's like, it's do or die. It when is. Them in the woods. So it's so it's like the ultimate warning. It, that's what it is. It's it's the boobaloo warning. The boobaloo warning. Okay, so think back to elementary school. The In fact, think back to Hapgood. Oh my god. Elementary school. <laughs> um, um people used to turn cards. Ooh. There was a system in place. And it was kind of morbid because it was visible to the whole class. Yes, that's right. Everyone had a had a like a card, mm -hmm. and the goal was to stay on green. That that's was like right. being well behaved. And then if you have to turn a card, it means you were a bad kid or something. And oh, so, that's you know, right. You turn it to yellow. Yep, and turn yellow, to yellow. 
a warning. It's just uh, no consequence. And then if you're bad again, you turn it to orange, which was that you have to stay in during recess. Yep. And then if you're bad again, you turn it to red, you know, which is that you have to stay in during recess and lunch. Yep. And then you go to purple, which is detention. Ooh, detention. You know? And then you go to black. It's a suspension. Holy heck. Yeah. So if you turn your card all the way to black three times, you get expelled. That's crazy. Now, what you're doing essentially with these bimbos is you're turning their card. I am turning their card. And leaving them in the woods is the equivalent of turning their card to purple. Basically, that I don't think, yeah, it's not final. It's like they have a chance. And I'm trying to think if there are any yellow warnings. But there may have, I think during the year, Rachel would have gone from like yellow to orange. But the new do, new you, it's like we caught up with her right in the party. She goes straight to purple. She goes straight to purple. She's just in the woods. (laughs) Okay, so straight to purple. So, So by you leaving them in the woods, you're turning them to purple, but not to black no you're, you're showing some degree of mercy yeah i mean she's not terrible tina goes in the well well this is very important i think because in in showing this mercy to some but not others you're differentiating between their various degrees of shittiness yeah. and you know it's like totally cool that you have these different levels of severity of of bimboness well that's what it is you know because and it's because we didn't see rachel at the party rachel goes before that so who knows what would have happened but with the limited time that we did have with her not well material exactly and i'm really glad that we clarified this for the people because because there are different degrees yeah you know we've had all different sorts of characters in this journey and we have to have some way of establishing a hierarchy because well, they're not all the same. No, it's like Blondie, who is to me was like the writers threw her in the well, and I'm like giving her a pass to green. I'm like, I'm like, get back here. <laughs> <laughs> get back to green. Yeah. So I would say oh, she's what? like, she was a boobaloo. Like the movie threw her in the well and I'm over here rescuing her. Oh my God, you're chasing her around with a big green card. And I'm like, you can get out of it. She's the only per- She's the only boobaloo I rescue from the well. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Oh my God, the only boobaloo you ever rescued from the well. Which makes perfect sense if you've been listening all along. <laughs> it certainly does. And I love the imagery too here. Um, I'm picturing you in an Indiana Jones getup, sort of doing a mission to go down into the well and rescue her. And honestly, because she's in her little devil's costume, it's like, wait a second, <laughs> you put this on her and it doesn't belong. She, yes. like, she needs to be rescued. So, so you, so you are the keeper of the well. I am the keeper of the well. And the keeper of the woods. <laughs> and so, essentially, what you have to decide is. First of all, is there anyone who belongs in the well or the woods that isn't there? And if so, you go and get them and yep. throw them in. Yep. But Basically. also, because you are fair and balanced, 
you have to also decide, well, is there anyone here who shouldn't be here because they're not really that bad? That's what I'm saying. And that's and, Blondie. Yeah. And so you're also very good to them. When you find people like that, you chase them around with a green <laughs> card. Um, a fair and merciful king. I love it. So <laughs> And also swift injustice. <laughs> All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that we're gonna need an artist rendition of the of the woods and the well. Obviously <laughs> the well is located within the woods somewhere, perhaps at the end. And oh God, this um is so funny. this is gonna be a drawing. I don't know who's gonna do it yet, but I know we're gonna find somebody who wants to. Oh and then we're going to post it on the page. Yeah, we totally will. This is going to be really, really, really cool. Oh, yeah, so, so funny. So you rescued this Boobaloo from the well. Yes, I did. And restored her to glory. Yes. Because and she's also the one that's supposed to be with you. Aha. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> yes, indeed. The plot thickens. Yep. And you give the first act a solid eight. Solid eight. Solid eight. Okay. Well, uh, well. Yeah. I will probably give the first act an 8.5. Nice. I'm, I'm like going through it in my head here. And I had a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. I just really had a good viewing of this film. Uh, perhaps there were other factors involved. You know, every viewing is different. Yes. And uh, mindsets and all that. So I had a lot of fun with Act One. I particularly appreciated the inclusion of the prologue. Yeah, I do love that, actually. You know, That's that funny. goes a long way. Truly, it goes a long way. The reason it goes so far with me is because we're at the fifth movie now in a series. Yes. And it's so easy to get confused. Can you even imagine if this was your first Halloween film? Oh God. What a no mess. Sense. Yeah. What an incredible mess. So they cleaned it up a little bit. They told yep. us what happened. And, you know, after the initial drama, of yeah. Michael Myers swimming away, doing the backstroke, by the way. Oh, that's right. Splash Mountain. Yes. Bare necessity style. Yes. He was nothing less than Baloo. Oh, he was Baloo. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and what do you get when you take a boo-baloo and remove the boo? Oh, no. You get a Baloo. Baloo. Okay. Oh, dear. So as he did that backstroke and landed at that hermit's hut. I was very curious as to what exactly was gonna happen. Yeah. And I liked how they cut away immediately. I know, so do I. Just immediately. It's like, okay, so he washed up at this random dude's house, there's a parrot, and now we're Look. just gonna cut back to Haddonfield. Yeah, get back with our people. Establishing Jamie as a mute. Oof. So Jamie is now a mute, and I think it stands to reason based on everything she's been through. I do too. I absolutely so agree. I can get behind that. Um, the fact that she's institutionalized while uh, enraging in real life 
for the purposes of the film mm -hmm. was an excellent choice because it confined her to a very specific and unique environment that she was able to interact with. I agree. And she owned it. And it sort of gave us this whole dynamic with all of these characters, like her peers, the other kids who are essentially locked up there. Like Billy. Like Billy. Billy being the star, oh, you know. Cutie patoots. So, what a little patoots. Totally. What she said. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so while it's while it's an inherently morbid situation, it makes for very good cinema because it gave us one of the three places that this film is playing out. You know, yeah. the, the Haddonfield suburban neighborhood is the other place. Right. And then they go back to the Myers house and at least 20 solid minutes take place within those walls. I know. It's great stuff. You talk about that lighting. Oh my God. Um, really, really good stuff. So the first act of the film gets an 8.5 from me because I enjoyed the nostalgia of reuniting with the characters from part four yeah. I enjoyed the establishing shots that set the tone. Mm -hmm. And I enjoyed meeting the characters. Even if I didn't like all of them, I I enjoyed, you know, I'm always kind of a sucker for that beginning part where everything's I all know. good. I know. It's <laughs> true. And yeah, I think we we do the opposite thing in that I always like it when it flips. Yes, you you prefer it when it flips. Yeah. And I prefer it when it's like Mr. Sandman is playing and everyone's getting ready to go to the dance and everyone's all full of hope and life and stuff. I love and it. it's just, without all of these parts, any slasher is incomplete. I love it. You know, so 8.5 for me. Now let's talk about act two. Okay, I'm wondering, should we skip act two? Because I don't want to rate it. Well... <laughs> Because I think it'll be hmm. mean. A skip is is a rating in and of itself. You know what? I <laughs> I'm actually I'm pleading the fifth um, on part on Act Two. Okay, so you're gonna plead the fifth. Yeah. Okay, um, I'm gonna oh, plead. Also, because Penny pooped on the floor. <laughs> Whoa! And I think that I think that was like a. <laughs> A symbol. Was that a sign? That was a sign of Act Two, so I, I plead the fifth. Wow. <laughs> okay, so you're essentially saying that Penny's <gasps> symbolic act of pooping on the floor was analogous to the steaming hot pile of crap that Act Two was. That what my rating would be if. I were giving a rating. So you're rating it dog poop. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? I plead the fifth. <laughs> okay. Well, if you plead the fifth, oh. I'm going to have to plead the whole half gallon. Oh, yeah. Because I am, uh, I, it is very safe to say that I would rate it even lower than you would. Oh, no. So... 
if I were to give it a rating, I would literally have to give it a one. Oh, see, that's sad. Yeah, I would actually give it a one. So we can do a skip. Yeah, let's I'm, do a skip. I'm cool with the skip, just just to preserve the the coolness of the film. That's what I mean because yeah. we know that it's Tina. Like, we're it's like that's yeah. the problem here is Tina. Well, then, then to be succinct here, I'll just say that I will skip my rating on Act Two because there was nothing about it that I enjoyed. I can't stand Tina. Get her out of the film. Yeah. And uh, that's pretty much that, you know? So we'll do a skip on that just so we don't have to start breaking it down. I know, that's what I'm saying. Like burying, burying Tina even further. Yeah, you know what? She's like 18 feet under right now. We buried yeah. her three times. So she can just, she can just hang out there. <laughs> yeah, so team, team anti-Tina over yeah, here. Yeah, like... Just- Oops, it <laughs> happened. Sorry. I was what? Yeah. I was almost not. I went in the first viewing. I was like, you know what? She's all right. Kind of like the the party vibe, the Madonna thing. I'm going to give her a total fresh chance and I did. Yes. And I think you did too. Totally. And I think it was this second viewing where whoops. that's what i'm saying and i I, i'm really glad that you noticed that and you should be especially proud of me for the for the chance that i gave her i know because you did you did and then and it so that's a skip and then that's a a total skip and 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 just for the record act two is um everything that takes place while the party is active that's what i mean so it's kind of like it's okay to separate it out um, because we're not even with Jamie and Loomis, by the way. Until it's 30 minutes of Tina pretending she's Marilyn Monroe. Yes! Oh, that's, Lord that's almighty. All it is. 30 straight minutes of Tina pretending to be Marilyn Monroe. Completely so... over-exaggerating her worth. <sighs> I know. I'm so sad for that it just wasn't... It could have been with Blondie. It, I think it could have been. So I'm going to pretend right, I'm going to pretend. You know what? Had Blondie played the role that Tina played, this movie might even have surpassed part four. Ooh, see? It's intense. That's how intense. That's controversial opinion, I guess, because part four is essentially perfect. It's the perfect it really, 1988 slasher movie. It's hard to surpass that. It is, but... There's a lot that could have been adjusted, though, in part uh-huh. five with with a different Tina. So I'd be so curious even just to see that. Well, so like what about if they had perfectly blended the traditional vibes of part four with the occult stuff of, of part five and no Tina? Is that like the perfect movie? It is, honestly, because you all of the detractors like that I'm even talking about for what we're calling act two have only everything to do with Tina. So it's literally like taking her out of the equation. Yes. 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 Taking Tina out of the equation. Yeah. Then it's great. Supreme mathematics. No Tina subtract her. Yep. It's addition by subtraction. (laughs) Yes. For this movie. And And That opinion has divided many. Yes, it has. 
I think it's worth noting that in absence of Tina, all of the other elements would multiply. Yeah, because they're really great moments. Uh, and especially Jamie. But... Yeah. So, so when we get back to Jamie and Loomis and Michael, really... Um, Meat and potatoes. Yes, for for Act Three. Act Three, meat and potatoes. This is this is for all the money right here. I give it an eight point five. Okay, okay, I love that. So that I it's love- higher because everything I love is that the my favorite moment of the series when Michael takes off his mask for Jamie. Um, Jamie has her voice back. It's a Loomis Michael showdown. It's Jamie being a final girl. And, you, you know, she's activated. She's courageous. She's uh, just this little act. She's a powerhouse actress as well. She's extremely charismatic on screen. Basically everything that the Tina actress did not have. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's it's the atmosphere. It's being in the house. It's the slow pacing. It's the lighting. It's yeah. the, the tension created by the characters that really have a long history together. Mm-hmm. Um and just like faint hints of the occult being kind of peppered in there, which, uh, you know, intrigue at the end. And who is, you know, the owner of the boots? And. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the ultimate question. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love that. So that's what we're all wondering. Yeah, exactly. I think the that's faint right. hints <laughs> of the occult, by the way. Um, not overdone. Nope, not at all. Like, when we get to part six, that's the divisive thing. Half of the people are going to say, oh, well, uh, there's like a little bit too much of this mystical, druidic occult stuff. Yep. And we're so, probably going to love it. I, yeah, which I do <laughs> love it. I love it. So yeah, Love it. Love it. So, so 8.5? 8.5. Cause it just, for me, it has everything. Tina's not in it. <laughs> um, I mean, yes. it's, it's basically Jamie, Loomis, Michael for that whole last part of a classic slasher showdown. And it reminds me a lot of part one. And I think that's also part of its charm. And then the ambiguous ending open-ended I also appreciate because it leaves room for a sequel, which we know is coming, and it has to because of the the occult stuff. So that's definitely an eight point five. Okay, okay, and also it had our favorite scene. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The teardrop. Yep. Ooh, bone chilling. Bone chilling. So absolutely. Act three from me. Gets a nine. Ooh, okay. You know what? Ooh, that's so... I'm going to raise it to an 8.7 then. Hey, yeah. Because I'm only thinking in terms of part four because I love it so much. So right. I'm, I'm trying to, like, balance it out. But I love Act 3. It's actually... It's, like, could be the perfect continuation of part four. If you had part four and then act three of mm-hmm. of part five, boom. 
Yes, that would be perfect. It's like a perfect continuation. Yeah, yeah. So I honestly started having fun the moment Tina died. Oh, I know. And all of a sudden I was like awake again. Oh God. And the movie just escalated into this place where all of these relationships were playing out and all of these connections, all of this telepathic stuff. Um, there's a lot to sort out. Yeah, I mean, it, there's a shred of humanity left that Loomis and Jamie can reach for these little seconds or moments at a time. Yes, and it was very interesting to note that while we thought Dr. Loomis was the only one who could reach Michael, yeah. that to be false because little Jamie can reach him too. I know because they're related and there was that, that, that he actually listened to her, by the way. Mm -hmm. like she said, show me your face. And he did. I, he did. That's really intense. It's so powerful. And what about Jamie's dilemma? I think that she understands mm -hmm. that Michael Myers is very dangerous, but I think that she also actually loves him. Well, she said, you're just like me. Like, she was picturing a boogeyman, an actual monster. And mm -hmm. behind the mask was just a dude. It's just a dude. And it's her uncle. And he's it's young. Crazy. You know, we for we forget, I think, sometimes with, like, the lore of Michael, that he was only supposed to be, like, 20. Yeah. He's, and he's, then, he's about 30 years old now. In this yeah. Movie. And then 10 years later. Yeah, like, 30. So he's... I think it's easy to get caught up in the boogeyman monster thing yeah. and forget that he's a relatively, he's a young dude behind the mask. Very important point. He's like a kid still. Basically. And we got the ultimate payoff. I think that audiences had been waiting for years yeah. to see him voluntarily remove the mask. And it happened mm -hmm. and it could not have been better. I love it. And I love I love the actor that they chose for that moment. Um, because yeah. he's he's also kind of like ambiguous in his background. And I think that's perfect. So, mm -hmm. you know, he's just he's like Mr. Anybody, you know? Mr. Anybody, and thank God that they didn't put the lighting on him. Yeah. Oh my god, yes, I know. Right? That would have ruined the whole movie. Yeah. It's it's <laughs> the shadow, it's the shape, it was this return to me to part one yeah we saw him but we didn't really see him exactly it was great 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 stuff and i really really loved it you have him driving a lot more in this one too yeah continuing the driving theme that i'm such a sucker for you love it 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 had a lot it this movie had a lot it had dr loomis it had jamie it had michael myers it had a, a very well-functioning police department. Yes. Um, okay. So that's the other thing that I would say. Yes. Though that I couldn't really get over was the difference, the disparity <laughs> between the, the mm -hmm. silly cops and the good cops that they had in this movie. 
Yeah, it, it was almost as if they worked for two different companies. I honestly think they were trying to to put in a bit of the Friday the 13th crowd vibes, a little bit yeah. of the Supernatural Freddy vibes. So I feel like this is this is Halloween trying to figure out what it can be in the 80s. That's kind That's of how exactly. I do this. Right? Yep. Yeah. Truly, truly what it is. And... And here's the thing, while I also can't stand um, Tweedledoodoo and Tweedledumdum or whatever we call them, yeah, they get killed at the end of that too. Right. So it's like everything, everything I can't stand is gone by act three. That's exactly what I think. So very, very high on the list. Um, and next we're going to do, we're going to finish this off this, the series with part six, the producer's cut, which has, um, some of the, the scenes that weren't shown originally in the theaters, right? Yeah. So there are two versions of Halloween six. There's the director's cut and the producer's cut. Um, they're totally different. Yeah. There's about 20 minutes of footage that is uh it's like night and day between the two films so both are very much recommended and we will probably be covering the producer's cut because it gives us additional storyline details which yeah. is really really a fun thing and we're going to catch up with little jamie yes you know we just ended the film with her screaming and uh, she doesn't really know what happens. The film comes out six years later. Right. So she's going to be grown when it, when it comes out. It's uh, Halloween 6. She's, she's basically going to be a grown-up. And uh, we're going to resume everything that they've been building up to as far as the man in black, as yes. far as that mystical symbol. I can't wait. I'm super excited for that. And the the conclusion, this is where, by the way, Slashers and Suits ends the series with part six. Yes, definitely. While there are many more Halloween movies after six, uh, we cannot recommend any of them. And a huge part of that is because Donald Pleasance, the guy who plays Dr. Loomis, died during the yeah. filming of part six. What a tragedy, too. So... It's he's too important to the character of Michael to then, you know, have different movies after, in my opinion. And although I do, you know, I love Jamie Lee Curtis having her, you know, like newfound heyday as an older woman. I think that part is cool. Um, I don't think Michael Myers works as well without Doctor Loomis. It they're they're two sides of the coin or something. It just it it's integral to the story. Absolutely. Absolutely. Not to mention uh, people knew how to make good films back then. Well, so there's that. So then after part six, which will be next, uh, with Paul Rudd, which is awesome. Uh -huh. uh, so funny. Uh, then we're going to end the Nightmare on Elm Street series with... Wes Craven's new nightmare. So it'll be it'll be super fun. We're still continuing on with the big three here. Yes, and and loving it. Yeah, and heck yeah. Like 
truly loving it. You know, we always say the best part about the late 80s slasher movie revival yeah. is this continuity that we get to experience, these storylines that progress from film to film. I'm excited. So lots more to come. Um, I do want to uh, give a shout out to new listeners in Malaysia this week. Hey, nice. I didn't even know about that. So I just saw that. Very, very cool. Wow. Nice. Well, welcome. Welcome. Yeah. So get comfy. Yeah, so thanks again, and also to uh, new listeners in India who were actually the first to download our last episode. So that was awesome to see that. Wow, much love to all of the new listeners. We appreciate you. We're going to keep doing what we do. You Absolutely. can count on that. Yeah, yeah. and... Just for fun, uh, it's it's always fun to see kind of what episodes are being listened to um, mm -hmm. in the different months or different weeks. And so our last episode was Halloween 4. And that's usually at the top, you know, right after it comes out. But what's fun is the rotating list of, you know, like numbers two through five of episodes listened to. And different ones kind of circle back in rotation from time to time. And what's really fun is April Fool's Day is number two this week. Really? Yeah. <laughs> wow. So April Fool's Day making a comeback. That was episode 18. Mm -hmm. um, so that's really fun to see. Uh, and then fittingly, um, Halloween part one is back in the top five. So oh, that makes me happy. Yeah. So What's really fun is um, we've got Halloween 4 is number one most downloaded, and then April Fool's Day, and then Friday the 13th Part 5, which, as you know, is, is a fun one with Reggie, uh, and then original Halloween, so cool. That's really good to hear. I, I like that people are listening to different episodes, mm -hmm. you know, and that they're, they're all kind of getting their time in the spotlight. I agree. It's super fun. So thanks everybody. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Thank you. Um, I really am, am humbled by the way that people appreciate what we do so much. And yeah. the feeling is mutual. We're going to keep making these episodes because that's what people are saying. You know, they're saying, don't ever stop doing this. We love this. We love slasher movies. We're on board. Super so, fun. You know we will not stop doing this. And Halloween 6 will be next. And Buckle Your Seatbelt is all I can say because that is one of my favorite films of all time. Ooh. And it's going to be a party. We're talking about lines in that movie that used to make us laugh for like 10 minutes. <gasps> I can't wait. <laughs> so we're gonna be laughing. We're gonna be enjoying the various revelations as far as storyline. Oh, uh, we're gonna be crying too. Yeah, we're gonna be crying. Oh my goodness, as you said that, I just remembered why. I know, right? Ooh, it's a tough oh, one. Oh God. So oh, it's God. coming. What an emotional roller coaster Halloween 6 is gonna be. And uh, we've ended on another cliffhanger, which is fun, right? So the Halloween it. series is back in full effect. 
You are a huge fan of the man in black. Yes, I am. You're a huge fan of him. The man who owns the boots. The man who owns the boots. Yeah. So to recap the ratings, um, we both gave Halloween 4 a perfect score, I believe. Yes. We did not give this movie a perfect score, but we came damn close. We did. We really did. I would say definite average of like an 8.5. Yeah. Yeah. When you average everything out, we're in the high eights. Yeah. You know, we, we, no. it, we loved it. Skipping over act two and all is fine. Because we can do that around here. We actually have magic. And so yep. what we can do is we can re-edit a film to our liking. Yep. So what we did is we chopped out the entire second act. We don't even know who Tina is. No, I threw in the well. Yeah, you threw her in the well. Then we pasted act one and three together. And yep. we called that the new movie. And right? it's fantastic. It is incredible. High eights. We like to call that the crazy eights. Oh, the crazy so, Really, 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 really good stuff. The Man in Black was the ultimate icing on the cake. I'm glad that they ended the movie with him. Absolutely. And just a reminder, in case anyone listening, this is your first episode. We're rating out of nine instead of 10 for the late 80s, to be fair to the golden age of slashers. Oh, yes, yes. That definitely bears mentioning again. Uh, we changed our rating system. In the early 80s films, we rate out of 10. In the late 80s films, we rate out of nine. And that just frees us of mm -hmm. the need to explain yeah. so many things and to clarify our ratings and to give all of these disclaimers. Yep. I've just, you know? That's just the change that happened from early to late 80s. Um, you know, it, during the phenomenon of slashers that we're now in. So I think it helps. Yeah. Yes. And, and so kind of the way we think about that is that we're automatically docking one point from every single movie now. Exactly. Every single movie. And that one point comprises like several different things. Yep. Um, which in and of themselves all require an essay. But essentially there are several facets of the early 80s slasher movies mm -hmm. that are not present in late 80s slasher movies. All of those facets are very good things. And mm -hmm. so the loss of them equals a, a point off the rating. However, mm -hmm. we still find so much to love about these, Yes, you know? And chief among these things is the, the strong lore that's being developed and the continuity of these characters. Well, and that's also why I would say, you know, Halloween 4 especially and Halloween 5 and 6, it is mm -hmm. a revival of taking a slasher seriously. Yeah, this is really, really good stuff. And I'm going to give them ultimate credit for taking themselves seriously. That's what I mean. So awesome. It felt really, really, really good. And, you know, I feel the same way that I felt after part four. Me like too. literally right now, I'm dying to know what happens. Me too. I want to know what's going on with little Jamie. What's going on with the man in black? And where's Dr. Loomis? It's Ooh. also ambiguous. You'll find out. You know? And we've established the woods. Oh, yeah. As from, a place. from the woods to the well. So from the well <laughs> to the woods, from the trench coats to the boots. Oh, my God. We've got nothing 
unless we got our suits. <laughs> Keep your suit on. <laughs>